Hey, listener, what's up? Thanks for pressing play this week on the Jock and Nerd podcast. It's a new entry into our What the Fuck Happened series with our buddy, Matt Delhauer, whose head I set on fire so he could literally feel the pain of the innocent souls as he breaks down what the fuck happened to Ghost Rider from 2007. Get ready for a lot of finger pointing and bad dialogue as Nick Cage tries to pay back the IRS. All in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Thursday, March 7th, 2019. Hi, this is Gilbert Gottfried, and you're listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Why? I don't know. Check. Check one. All right. This is really fans out there. Let's give it up. Jock it, be nerdy. Be funny, disturb it. Jock it, be nerdy. Spoiler alert. Jock it, be nerdy. Be funny, disturb it. Jock it, be nerdy. Hello, what's up? Thanks for joining us this week, listener, and welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd! My name is Imran. You're going to leave me hanging, aren't you, Rux? I'm peeing right now. Rugs, you you have to play the jocks role uh, this episode because Anthony the jock is not here. Should, I, should we start over no. again? Here's your cue. My name is Imran. And my name is not Imran. It's Rugboy. Very, yeah. very good. He's the Rugboy. And he's a nerd. All right. We got through that. That wasn't so painful, Rugs. I told you to pee before we start recording. I forgot Anthony wasn't here. How could you forget? You don't you see any sexy abs? I, when anywhere. I hear when I hear the music, I just <laughs> take it for granted that he's gonna be there. You know, and I knew you were gonna leave me hanging. That's all right, listener. Sometimes that happens. Your co pilot lets you down. That's why I don't have my own show. Nothing would happen. Correct. Plus, I, here. I have an exclusive contract with the Felty. Yeah, that's right. Cannot appear anywhere else. I own your Felty ass. So Anthony's not here, but joining us, you've seen the title. Uh, we can't do a what the fuck happened without the host of the Ginger Geek pod, the Ginger Geek himself, Matt of the Delhowers. What's up, buddy? Hey, guys. What's going on? See, Matt doesn't leave me hanging. He knows no, when he they're coming. He's a professional. He I know a... how to talk and urinate at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that's all it is. It's like chewing gum and walking rugs. Well, we'll practice. I well, you okay. sh- you should podcast from the toilet from now on. No, I just have like a like a jug. Oh, that's fine. You got one yeah. of those. Yeah, well, we've talked about this. We always end well, up talk- not, yeah. talking about urination. If you are a new listener, this is not the <laughs> urination show. This is the Jockinator Podcast. Uh, show notes, links. For this episode, how to connect, how to subscribe can all be found at our lovely website. Please visit jockinner.com slash 264, 264. Uh, and Delhauer, man, I'm glad you're here because uh, we're going to interrupt our regularly scheduled programming to bring you uh, bring our latest edition of What the Fuck Happened. Before we get to the movie, give the listener, the new listener, maybe the, the TLDR on this awesome series, What the Fuck Happened. Uh, we watch bad comic movies and then we talk about how bad they are. That's pretty good. Yeah. Nice and succinct. All right, let's get to the movie. The Jock, Jock and Nerd Podcast. 
Uh, and if you haven't seen the movie, it's okay, listener, because the, we're going to get our patented entertaining ginger geek recap. It's our, like a sarcastic audiobook. Yes. It's, it's <laughs> the most sarcastic audiobook you're ever going to hear. It's like hear. you're watching the movie, but you're watching it with Matt Delhauer. Uh, it will be lovely. We're, this week, we're doing, you've seen the title, we're going back to 2007 to do Ghost Rider. Oh, boy. This is the 11th what the fuck happened in the series, guys. Probably, Jesus. Like, yeah, we got to give props. We're going to have a dozen soon. Uh, and Delhauer, you are still have not lost your sanity. Right? I'm pretty sure I am aging quicker by doing this. I think it does add five to seven years. Just You might as well smoke cigarettes because this is what it does. <laughs> oh, I forgot to bring mine. Subjecting yourself to these movies. So uh, usually we, you know, we'll, we'll pick uh, movies that we think uh, are deserving of the treatment. Huge box office bombs. But this one is very special. This one is sponsored by Dedicated to our Patreon fan club listener, Glenn Smith. Talking nerd. Because if you sign up for our Patreon $10 a month listener, you can pick any movie to for us to review. You can force us to watch any movie. However, I find it uh, interesting that Anthony kind of got out of watching this shitty movie. Yeah. Conveniently. That motherfucker is going to see Captain Marvel. That piece of shit, he's at Captain Marvel right now. But whatever, we're we're well. It's a big weekend. Let's it see is. what happens. It is a lot of things happening. Uh, so Glenn Smith, uh, here you go. Your order is being served up, and uh, let's give you your spoiler alert. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. Uh, before we get to the Dell Howard recap, let me set up this movie real quick. It's 2007, guys. Right. So a lot of comic book movies have come out already. Yes, this is kind of the the time where. They've had some hits and a lot of misses, and they're still kind of figuring out. So post, you know, Spider-Man and your X-Men's, but pre the MCU proper, um, right. a year before Iron Man. Other movies that came out this year, Spider-Man 3, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 3, uh, and Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. So this <laughs> What a bad year. Yes. Yeah. This is kind of the fair Ugh. we were dealing with. Now, yeah, this is where the bubble burst, man. Yeah, the bubble's already burst a long time ago. There's superhero fatigue. Just forget about it. The whole genre. If you look well, at the it internet. was like, we don't know how to make these movies. <laughs> no, we and just they're, don't. They're, no, they did it. They were figuring it out. And, uh, you know, the technology was getting better. No, also. no, 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 no. They weren't figuring it out by this point. No. All right. X-Men had come along. Yes. Spider-Man came along. That's true. We'd seen it done properly. Yes. This is seven years later. It's just that they didn't care. Yes, they're just willingly. Spoiler for the end of this. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely right. They're willingly ignoring, you know, some of the good shit that has been said. You're in a post Spider-Man 2 world. Right. Where, like, that's basically one of the best superhero movies ever made. They just showed you, Sony and Spider-Man just showed you how to do it. So this movie, produced by Columbia Pictures and Marvel, I believe the Marvel logo is before the movie, right? Did they show Marvel? When did Begins come out? Uh, 2005. So we also yeah, had so Batman we, Begins. Yes. Yeah, so we had two great. And this yes. was this was a year before Dark Knight. Yes, a year before Dark Knight and right. Iron Man. Uh, and uh, so they they should have had this shit together by now. Uh, distributed by Sony. So it's Columbia and Marvel and Sony. Runtime 114 minutes. Did you know that there's an extended cut of 123 minutes? Oh shit! Oh, and I did not know that. I think I might have watched it. Oh shit! No, or at least shit. it felt like I did. No, the regular movie feels like the extended cut. I don't know how much more bullshit you could cut into this movie. Uh, but maybe we'll find out. On Rotten Tomatoes, uh, 2007's Ghost Rider sitting at 27%. 
yeah. on the tomato meter. Now, real quick, if you've looked at Rotten Tomatoes recently, they've changed a couple of things here. <laughs> the display is different. There, is it? There's no more average rating. Oh, they took the average rating out? No, you have to go looking for it. They, It's not on the main page. They just have reviews counted and also... They've removed that, you know, want to see thing before the movie comes out. Whatever. That's dumb. Uh, but when, when I went to, to do it on mobile, yeah. I just had to kind of click like more info and it gave it to me. Oh, it's 4.2 oh, out of 10. Oh, there is a tab. Yes. 4.2 out of 10. So they've kind of, they've just buried it one click deep and then it gives you the fresh and rotten breakdown. But oh, you got to click more info and then listen, it does give you the it, average it's rating. It's a bullshit site, Rotten Tomatoes. What are you they doing? They tucked it away because, yeah, they don't want. This whatever yeah. they're doing in reaction to this bullshit is just going to make the site worse and completely irrelevant soon, probably. But I mean, I, it's literally, important. it's only it's only relevant to us in this. It's not. Well, it's, and, yeah, it's just weird that a, when you have a rating and you check, you have to check that average rating because they're so different. Like eighty two percent Captain Marvel average rating six point nine. Right. So what? What, so what, what is it? Like a disparity there, like a point or, or two. Yeah. Or is it uh you know a high six? So this, I mean. Uh, yeah, Rotten Tomatoes, uh, how about you fix your fucking system? We've talked about Yeah, it's like, that should be like, the actual, like, the tomatometer is, is, is I still don't think it's accurate. I still don't think it's accurate. Yeah, I've seen it's some good, stories uh, that, like, critics have come out and said, yeah, I got paid to, uh, put a good, uh, a good review up, uh, yeah. on the Rotten Tomatoes. So, like, there are those things happening, so I don't know how you can trust any of this shit anymore. Well, they, they, they say that if it's... Let's say it's three out of five. Yeah, they give it a, a positive rating because it's more. It's mostly, you know, you have the majority of, of it. It you liked. Yeah. So, but that doesn't re- that doesn't necessarily dumb. reflect the movie. The binary, yeah, the binariness of it just doesn't work. Uh, let's talk about the money. This movie was made for a hundred and ten million dollars. Uh, it made opening weekend back in February two thousand seven. Made forty five million opening weekend. Finishes its domestic run with just 115 million worldwide, 228. So, is Whoa. The, I mean, that they just they barely double their money, but I guess it was enough for them to make a fucking second movie because it did spawn one Nick Cage sequel. Was Nick Cage in it? He was in the site, The Spirits of Vengeance, I believe. He was in that one. No, no, yeah, they just waited five years. Yeah, he was in it though. He was. Yes. That oh, shit. Of I didn't know this. came out in 2011, and Nick Cage definitely in it. So, cast and crew, here's where things get familiar if you followed the What the Fuck Happened series. Written and directed by Mark Steven Johnson, guys. Oh, I know that name. Oh, I think we've heard this name before. Where do we know the Mark Steven Johnson, Rugs? I Daredevil. Yes. <laughs> the movie before this brought us Daredevil, wrote Electra. And wrote and uh, directed. So he's ruined like three uh, decent yeah, characters. three Marvel characters. Three Marvel characters. Nimrod, do, you have a, do you have like a toilet flush sound you could play here? Q flush sound. Okay, I'll put it in right there because that is what we're going to get into. Uh, so there's the movie Delhauer. Before we begin, I have I reached out to Nick Cage. Surprisingly easy to get a hold of. Uh, he's not on Cameo.com. That would be great. But he sends some words of encouragement for you before you begin this journey. Thanks. Thanks for doing this. Keep it real. Think slow. We should get through just fine. Good advice. Can I guess the movie that's from? Yes. What movie is that from? Gone in 60 seconds? Ding, ding, ding. Oh. Oh. See, we're going to make a game out of this because not only do I have... uh, 
uh, I will be accompanying you, Dalhauer, with Nick Cage clips from a variety of movies. <laughs> we also have, I came up with a Nick Cage game to play at the end of the show. Talking nerd! No. It's going to okay. be a lot of fun. So, curtain opens. I got my popcorn. Here's the Marvel logo. Take it away, Dalhauer. Okay. So, first off, fuck you, Glenn. <laughs> All right, now we'll start. Uh, <laughs> We fade up, and we are opening to a narrated monologue over top of a montage giving us the legend of the Ghost Rider, as told by Sam Elliott, uh, telling a story about a man in the Old West who was contracted by the devil to essentially kill an entire town after getting them to sign their souls over to the devil, or some shit. And after that happens, he decides that, uh, you know what? A done did wrong. And he rides off faster than the devil to keep the contract away from him. And we cut into our opening credits, which is a whole bunch of CGI fire motorcycle jumps from first person view, which then brings us after that into our main story. I am not going to be giving anybody their actual name. Because outside of maybe Johnny Blaze, I didn't care to learn any of them. Well, here, look, real quick. I forgot to go over the cast. You, in the beginning, you're going to meet uh, young Johnny Blaze, played by Matt Long. Brett Collins playing his father, Barton Blaze. Uh, Peter Fonda is in this, who is in fucking Easy Rider. That's right. Your father would be very disappointed, Peter. Uh, Donal Logue. Love the Donal Logue. Uh, you got Wes Bentley, and uh, that's pretty much your, your big cast. You say Eva Mendez. Well, in the oh, and played- Eva Mendez. Yes. <laughs> nice. Yes, thank you. The second seeing- lead in the movie, yes. Emron. Forgot yes. about her. <laughs> it's Amron. Uh, the question that I have when it comes to the casting of this movie. Yes. Do you think they approached Dennis Hopper to play Mes- uh, Mephistopheles first and then settled for Peter Fonda? Probably. Probably. I mean, <laughs> I think that Peter Fonda is the bigger get, though. Maybe. I don't know. I think he is. He's the bigger name, but I feel like Hopper would have been the better choice. I feel like Maybe. Ho- Hopper would have been way oh, crazier. He, yeah, he would have like chewed up the scenery yeah. a lot more. It, I, you know what? I guarantee you they probably didn't go after Hopper because they're like, we already got Nick. We can't we That's can't handle much. two of these. There's too many people. Peter Fonda should have done this whole movie as Jack Nicholson. I thought that, that would that would have been entertaining. <laughs> that would have been good. Yeah. Um so we meet young Johnny Blaze, henceforth will be known as young Nick Cage, <laughs> as he is working at a stunt show at a carnival somewhere in Texas. And this is the Texas that looks exactly like Australia. I wonder oh. why. <laughs> There's a lot of that in this movie. Except for the one shot when he's with his girlfriend, young Eva Mendez, uh, right. on, at a tree near a sitting rock right. surrounded by lilacs. In the desert, that shot is one of my favorite terrible CGI moments. <laughs> and there's a lot of them in this. Oh, yeah. Uh, so he's showing off to the crowd, doing a bunch of uh, wheelies uh, in order to try and impress his girlfriend. He almost crashes and dies, uh, but he recovers. He's fine. And then he gets yelled at by his father, who's basically telling him, like, hey, quit thinking with your dick. Otherwise, you're going to get yourself killed. And he's like, but dad. And that's the end of that. Have scene. you seen this chick, Dad? So he then runs <laughs> off to go meet up with his girlfriend, young Eva Mendez, at CGI Rock, <laughs> where they talk about the fact that she's going to be moving away to live with her mom because her dad doesn't like Nick Cage. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, Johnny, <laughs> you're going to grow up into Nick Cage. 
My dad hates Nick Cage. <laughs> my dad doesn't like the fact that when we both grow up like 20 to 15 years from now, you're going to look 25 years older than me. <laughs> this guy's a good looking motherfucker, Matt Long, playing the young uh, Johnny Blaze. I yeah, what happened? I don't see how he turns into Nick Cage <laughs> at all. So he goes home to find his dad uh, passed out drunk, looking at the one page in his scrapbook that seems to have all of the good memories, such as when his wife was alive and when his son started doing motorcycle tricks with him. At which point, young Nick Cage discovers, crumpled up in the trash can, a very unprofessional letter from a doctor just outright saying, Dear dear, uh, Jack Burton... Is his name? Yeah. What the hell yeah, is his uh, name? B- Jack- uh, oh, Barton, Barton Blaze. There yeah, it is. Barton Blaze. I'm going to call him Jack Burton. Jack Burton. <laughs> Dear not Chris Cooper. Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> guy you think is Chris Cooper, but is it? Oh, my yeah. God. That, yeah. Brett Collin looks just like Chris Cooper. That's who I thought <laughs> it was the whole time. Oh, shit. Dear not Chris Cooper, uh, your cancer is uh, definitely going to kill you <laughs> in your lungs. Signed, oh, doctor. Shit. Uh, this, is this how they used to break cancer news? Is this a thing? Like, you get a letter. Dear Jack, by, you have cancer. By, like, telegram? Yes. What the fuck is this? It's just like a scribbled on a post-it. Uh, your lungs are shitty. <laughs> Stop smoking. Cancer is there. Love Sorry. the doctor. Yeah, rough way to find out you got fucking terminal cancer. Let me tell you. So uh, he then r- runs off and gets conf- or, uh, he is met by the devil. At, like, the tent where they do their stunts, because I guess he's riding his motorcycle to feel better. I think he was, like, polishing his bike or something. Working on it. Sure. That was it. <laughs> he was masturbating. Okay, uh, so was and, then, and then all of, the, all of the lights in the entire carnival explode as Peter Fonda the Devil walks past them. And he yeah. enters the tent and essentially, because it took like 20 minutes to get to the point, <laughs> offers to cure his dad of cancer if he signs his soul over to him. Sounds like he a then good deal. doesn't actually sign the contract at all. The contract cuts him. His blood drips on it. And the devil says, yeah, no, that's good enough. Give it back. <laughs> gotcha. Here's the best part. Yeah. I don't care if you're the devil or not. having a contract signed under duress not legally binding exactly that's a good point it shouldn't work movies fucking over young nick cage is such an idiot and then it turns out who's overseeing this i was gonna say (laughs) is there like a bureaucrat bureaucracy somewhere let me tell you (laughs) the contract law of this movie yes yeah. Is bonkers. It's all over the place. Yeah. Is there but, like some devil lawyers like looking sadly, into this? Sadly, this doesn't turn <laughs> into the Dan- this doesn't turn into the devil versus Daniel Webster. No. Uh he sells his soul to the devil. The next day, his dad wakes up early saying that he feels like a million bucks. It must be a miracle because I'm quote, healthy as a horse. Remember when the devil said he'd do that? Yeah. So, apparently, waking up one day after being told you have cancer and not feeling like you have cancer means your cancer must be gone. <laughs> I must not have the cancer anymore. <laughs> so they head off to the carnival, and uh, Chris Cooper Light decides he's going to do a, a stunt he's done a million times before. But, uh-oh, it goes wrong. And he falls off of the ramp and into the fire ring that he jumps through. And dies from it, I guess. Yeah. 
because when his son shows up, who, by the way, I don't know why the son isn't there to do the stunt show with him. Yeah, why is When that's he, yeah. what the show is. Yeah. <laughs> he shows up to find them essentially, like, carting his dad's corpse out of the uh, the tent. People are running and screaming like somebody just fired a gun in the crowd. And the fire ring exploded from the top of it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know yeah. how this happened. I think I, that they were, like, writing this movie, and then they forgot what they were writing, and they just started some <laughs> at another point. Because literally, just it's like, writing. his accident is he just falls off the bike onto the fire ring, and then when, when young Johnny Blaze gets there, the fire ring, like, exploded. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> and he's really not all that it, burnt up or anything. No. no. Like, what it's happened like, to him? It's, it's like, oh, God, it's, I don't know what that is. What happened here? So, in a fit of rage, he rides off into the night slash dawn slash day. Like, the, the time of day changes depending on the scene that comes up. Yeah, is this right. sunrise or sunset? So, he goes riding off, and then suddenly it's raining. <laughs> and he, uh, he winds up at a crossroad where it seems to be dusk. And at the crossroad, he meets the devil again. Only after the devil uh, makes him crash his bike, where he literally falls backwards to do a power slide, recovers all the way upright, and then falls forward off the bike. And not a fucking scratch on this motherfucker. Oh, shit. That would How does that happen? That would have killed him. Like, his, he's gonna, <laughs> he comes out his Mark face Stephen Johnson. That's how it happened. <laughs> that is how so it then, happens. at Anyways. this crossroad, we have young Johnny Blaze standing... On the right side of the screen, with his feet like fifteen feet apart from each other, a crossway pointing at full arm length at the devil. Were they trying to do like a Robert Johnson fucking uh, allegory thing here? Well, I think so. Boy, the devil at the crossroads or whatever. But literally, it was just like I feel like this was one of those moments that this had to have been a panel in a Ghost Rider comic somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, "Yeah, I want that. Let's do that." But it, and so it's just him being like, you, you did this. You killed my dad. And he's like, hey, man, I cured his cancer. I didn't say I wouldn't make him die in an accident. <laughs> Should have read the contract. Though. So like, that pointing thing comes back a lot of times. Well, and what I think it was, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll touch on it again later on, is I think that the point was a choice that Nick Cage made. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so the kid was forced to do it to be like, well, it's the same yeah. character. Yeah. And so he decides that he is uh, going to run off because he refuses to accept the fact that he let his dad get murdered by the devil. And he rides off into the heaviest rain I've ever seen <laughs> where he sees his girlfriend just standing under the tree that they always meet at in the pouring rain. And she looks like she's carrying groceries or some <laughs> shit. They're supposed to ride off together. Oh, okay. Yeah, because like the, the, she's like, oh, my dad's gonna make his move. Oh, that's he's right. Like, I'm gonna take you away. We're gonna run right away together. We're gonna ride off into the sunset. And then he like and jilts he her, and instead her. he just abandons her ass. Yeah, what an asshole. And he rides off where I don't know how he can possibly see with all that rain, no helmet on, <laughs> no windscreen, and like nothing at all. But in that shot, he's barely getting any rain on him he's, while it's he's raining. Riding the a chopper that would be impossible yes. to drive in the rain. There's no him. way he'd be able to handle that. Yeah, a no. chopper. In the, I didn't even think about that. A chopper in the rain, that thing's sliding right out. <laughs> yeah. He already slid that thing out it's, once, yes. and it still runs. Still fine. No scratches. Nope. 
And then we, at least bent some of those exhaust pipes. That yeah. Or, or at least fucked up the front tire or something. Yeah. But we now jump forward in time. Yes. And young Nick Cage is now old Nick Cage. Let me play you a clip of how I was feeling so far in this movie using Nick Cage's own words. Let's go, let's go, I'm bored, let's go. I felt that a lot, this whole movie. Just <laughs> fucking... What the fuck is that accent? Keep it moving. Want to guess the movie, Rugs? No. Anyone? Uh, I have no I idea. Face Off. Oh, this the is when it's Pastor Troy. Off. Yes. That's let's right. Jesus. Bird. <laughs> oh, Jesus. God damn it, Nick. It's a gift that keeps on giving. I love that movie. So now that he is an adult... He is essentially decided that he is going to uh, garner a career as a motorcycle stunt driver. And somehow he is like the most popular fucking thing in the world. I think because he never dies, right? It's, it's essentially he keeps doing these ridiculous stunts that he should die doing and he never does. And people are just waiting to watch him die. He's Evil Knievel if Evil Knievel was immortal. At the yeah. same time. Uh, they do kind of go out of their way to show that every crowd that is like filling stadiums to see him is like the most trashiest of white trash. They're just there for the bloodlust. So it's, see it's essentially die. the idea that he is a rock star to the Bible belt and below. So he's about to do this jump where he's going to jump over like 75 uh, trucks <laughs> with like four feet of off ramp. And he launched it. First, we get this really close up shot of his eyes inside the helmet. Oh, yeah. As he's repeating to himself that he can't live in fear. You can't live in fear. And so then he goes to make the jump. It takes about 10 minutes for this jump to happen because <laughs> it's slow motion. Yeah. We get more close ups of his face. He totally fucking biffs the, the, the landing. This is probably, I want to know how much of this, um, this wipeout was practical uh, stunt work. It looks like a dude. Like, like it goes down pretty hard because too. he, yeah, he, he hits the, the landing ramp. He knocks it improperly, flips himself over the handlebars and fucking puts his face right into the front tire of the bike. So I read, they did this to uh, copy uh, a crash, evil Knievel, a famous crash uh, of evil Knievel's. That was almost exactly like that. Whoa. Yeah. He, Eats it, slides all the way across the dirt against, like, the side wall in front of the crowd. His crew, including Donald Logue and a bunch of other no-names, all come running over to check on him. He makes a wise crack about not being dead. <laughs> they immediately take his helmet off and put the douchiest of douchebag sunglasses on him. <laughs> and they pick him up and he walks away waving to the crowd. I, I think he has to have his Elvis uh, TCB sunglasses in every movie he's in. Yeah. I think it's part of the writer. So <laughs> we then, uh, during yet another unbelievably heavy rainstorm, have him on his tour bus with his crew heading off to whatever his next, I guess, big stunt is going to be, where... Donald Logue is essentially telling him that he needs to accept the idea that an angel is looking out for you, man, because you never die. And of course, we get one of those little, you know, funny quip moments of like, yeah, I guess it's something like that. But we all know it's not because it was the devil. Ha ha ha. 
Um, here we get introduced to the first major difference of Johnny Blaze from the comics to this movie. Uh, in the comics, Johnny Blaze is known for being essentially a functioning alcoholic. Oh, right, right. In the movie, he refuses to drink. Yeah. He says something along the lines of, you know, alcohol freaks me out or something like that. And instead, he eats jelly beans out of a fucking martini glass. Oh, shit. This confused the shit out of me. And this has to be another Nick Cageism that he's like. It is it is documented that this was a choice Nick Cage made. Oh, Nick is like, you know, I think Johnny likes to eat jelly beans out of a martini. Yeah, that was weird. It's this like, weird thing fuck? where for some reason and he felt like. they never go like, back to it. Well, they go back to it once. Yeah, he's doing it. He yeah. does it twice in the movie. You see it. And for some reason, number one, for some reason, the jelly beans are the color of fire. Oh. Red and yellow. That's right. Because fire themes yeah, throughout this shadowy. whole fucking movie. Yeah. Uh, number two is the fact that he doesn't just eat them out of a jelly bean or out of a, a martini glass. He drinks them out yes. of a martini glass. <laughs> yes, he doesn't reach into the glass and put one in his mouth. He brings the martini glass to his mouth like it's liquid. So once once we have established that he loves him some sugar beans uh, and as well as funny monkey movies. Yeah, he's watching the weirdest shit also and weird cartoons. Like, what the what is going on? We then... Cut away to somewhere else in the fucking south, where the heavy rainstorm in this desert turns into fire rain, and Wes Bentley, <laughs> who from now on will be referred to as Devil Boy, yes, because I don't know his name. What the hell is his Blackheart? Sure, it doesn't matter. No, knowing these names affect nothing. Yes, yeah, you don't need to know anything. You just know that. Uh, Wes Bentley, who looks like a budget Dracula yeah. with bad oh, CGI's on he the scene. looks He looks like he walked right off the fucking set of Dracula 2000. <laughs> he appears out of nowhere, out of the rain, where it's now raining fire down upon him, and then shows up at a biker bar that is in the middle of the desert. Yes. There is nothing around it. He shows up after a biker is standing outside, basically verbally abuses the waitress because it took her long enough to bring him a beer. At which point, as he's drinking it, the beer completely frosts over. Uh And he's staring at this thing for a minute because none of the actors in this movie knew how to work with CGI. (laughs) At which point, uh, Wes Bentley walks up uh, b- burns him from the inside out, I guess. Sure. And then walks into the bar. We now go back to Nick Cage as they have arrived at his industrial loft apartment in Texas. Texas? Yeah. <laughs> Look, if it, we haven't made it clear, this whole thing shot in Australia. None of it's Texas. Sometimes the cars are on the wrong side. You can catch that. And they get there, and essentially, Donald Logue is still just kind of harping on the idea of, like, look, man, I don't get it. You nearly die every time. You never do. You're reading books about, like, religiosity. What's religiosity? It's the fact that he apparently doesn't know how to say religion. (laughs) (laughs) He's also listening to the carpenters and watching a monkey in a karate outfit fight a man in a karate outfit. We have learned that... In this movie, Johnny Blaze loves the Carpenters. What the shit? (laughs) Loves monkey-based television programs. 
is addicted to jelly beans. Loves auto martini glasses. Yes. And is constantly uh, just researching Christian mythology. <laughs> right. He also and- loves this. Someone's going to steal the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, he's very worried about that also. Yeah, he's... It's, it's, you could tell it's a thing where, like, he never says it. Right, it's in his face. But you can just see that that's, it's on his face. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he then says to... So that apparently they're going to have another big jump that he's going to do. He's going to jump a full football field, goalpost to goalpost, over top of, I guess, cars... Trucks. Or trucks, or trucks again, yeah. or whatever. And, um... Donald Logue's character is just like, look, man, I'm worried about you. Maybe just take the trucks out of the jump so that way we, we can have like an easier one this time. And he's like, all right, I'll think about it. And that's the end of that scene. The <laughs> only thing I got out of that scene was that not only does he drink jelly beans out of a martini glass, he keeps them in a fucking carafe yes, yeah. on a table. <laughs> they can pour yeah. more. I think he's confused about liquids and salt. And when he, when he walks in, he goes directly to it is pouring it out of the carafe into a martini him. glass, <laughs> offers them to Donald Logue, yeah, he's and like, asks you want him, jellies? you want some jellies? <laughs> oh, shit. Donald looks like, the fuck is wrong with you? It's it's one of these things where you can tell, like, no one wanted to tell Nick Cage, like, oh, dude, no. maybe yeah. just dial it back. Yeah, no, nobody's correct. Nobody's giving him any notes. They're like, just, he's going to do what he does. I just think the director of this movie just didn't know how to do it. No, he didn't. We saw Daredevil. Yeah. He doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. 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 And so you add Nick Cage into the mix, so you, there's no way you're controlling Oh, yeah. It's, so we then go back to the fucking biker bar. Oh, yeah, the biker bar. What's going on there? So apparently... <laughs> Wes Bentley's just been murdering everyone in this biker bar for like hours. And he, he he's killed everybody in this bar with this weird, I burn you from your face in the inside out thing. And the waitress that got verbally abused earlier is trying to hide and she's about to run. And he finds her and tells her, I knew you were there. I could smell your fear. Ugh, <laughs> there is so much bad dialogue. I'm glad you highlighted that. that and then he terrible. burns her to death too. <laughs> yes. At which point we are introduced to his gang of planeteers, <laughs> it's Captain including Planet. the water guy, yep, yes. the wind guy, yep. yes, and Earth boy. And Earth boy. And I guess he's fire guy, I guess, or he's yes. ice guy or both. Uh, despite the fact that he burns people to death with like internal fire or something, but also like things get coated in ice when he walks by them because... Uh, yeah, I was like, he's fire and ice, and then they're earth and water and air, and the water guy is just always sopping wet. It's hilarious. And, oh my god, okay, so the... <laughs> don't ask me what the, their names are. I don't know. I don't the, know. They just look like, it looked like a bad Backstreet Boys yes. video. The air guy. Yes. Is the most baffling <laughs> character slash costume design I have seen in a film Ever. So the, is the air guy, is he the one that had the really bad dread wig? Or He's the one that wigs? had oh, the horrible. terrible dread wig yes. with the weird contact lenses, oh, right. the file point teeth, and the feathery boa, like, bathrobe. And the, and the weird facial hair. He had, like, yeah, a and, and the weird facial hair. hair. Weird goatee. Who, yeah. Funny enough, below all of it looked like a low-rent Ethan Hawke. He yeah, did a little bit. And then, like, the Earth guy didn't have a shirt, but he had a jacket. He was rocking that look. And uh, I forget what the other guy was wearing, but there he looked horrible. So wet boy didn't yeah. matter. It yeah. was all black. It was a long coat, and his hair was fucking soaking wet. 
Lame. Yes. Oh, that came back. Yeah, I'll put that back in the top. Oh, okay. So that was gone. We now <laughs> we now meet the evil planeteers who are here to do something. Should have thrown a chick into the mix. Yeah, why can't they be oh, girls? I agree. Hundred yeah. percent I agree. Also, make them worthwhile. Yes. Make me want to remember them by either how they look or what they do, or give me fucking names. Yeah. I mean, I know they say their names. Say them more than it's once. It's like Grissom and Chisholm and Chasm. All I remember is the, the water guy's name was Wallow. Wallow, bad And immediately guy. my thought was, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> Listen, you don't forget bad wig guy. It's, you're just like, holy shit, oh, that's a no, bad oh wig. God. Every time he... Gressel it's, it's, and Wallow and Abigor. It is to a that's point where my thought was, whoever the costume designer on this movie was, I hope you have not worked again since. <laughs> just like Mark Steven Johnson. Who sadly has. Yeah, but not a lot. But so they uh, they they get to a point where so we, we just established them. We now go to the next day, I'm assuming, or maybe it's a week later. I don't know. <laughs> but we're at the big jump in the stadium now. Where this stadium is, couldn't tell you. Texas. Somewhere in Texas, <laughs> apparently near his hometown, but maybe not. <laughs> and he's getting himself ready for this jump by standing in the green room, listening to the carpenters with his sunglasses on, talking to himself in the mirror, wearing his very tight fitting leather uh, biker outfit and carrying a pimp cane. <laughs> he does have a cane for some reason. Why? They so ask Donald, him that. Oh, total load comes in. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He goes to say something. He gets told, you don't interrupt Sharon. Because of Karen. 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 Oh, yeah, Karen. Sorry. I thought, I've always thought it was Sharon, Sharon Carpenter. Carpenter. I think it's Karen Carpenter. I no, yeah, you, I, I trust you. I don't know. I'm just talking on my asshole. <laughs> um, and then he turns off the song. They talk about how, are you ready for this jump, JB? And he's like, uh, I'm Nick Cage. And that's all <laughs> really he does. Um, he walks out, he's being mobbed by reporters who all want to ask him questions until one reporter catches his attention and it is grown up Eva Mendez who is 25 feet away with nobody around her (laughs) in a terrible green screen tunnel leading out to what is definitely not a stadium. (laughs) Yes. And she gets, she gets this angelic, I'm in all white. Backlit, yeah. Why soft is she focused shot? Backlit, yeah. Where's your cameraman? What are you doing over there? And she doesn't have the cameraman, the producer, or her microphone. She's just standing there. <laughs> but she herself. looks great. No one look, around her. She does look great. We then learn that she is a reporter for one of the local news stations, and is here to cover his jump. But Nick Cage doesn't want to talk about his career. This is the first time he's seen her since he outright fucking abandoned her in the rain <laughs> when they were kids. You're missing out on one thing. What's that? That before this whole thing happens, he's talking to Donald Logue and he says he's waiting for a sign. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. As to when to, when to like stop doing his jumps or something like that. Yes. Yes. And so, so she shows up and he comments that she's the sign. Uh, but before he even does that, they try and have an interview, and it's this bumbling mess of her asking questions and him being like, oh, you you look great. Yeah. 
uh, I heard you got married. Is that true? I, I, I miss you a whole lot. Um, and then I think the only, I think the only question he answers was, uh, she asks him something. Is it about the cane, isn't it? I don't remember. It goes with the outfit, he says. Well, there's, there's, I guess there's that, but there was one where it's like, she asks him like a question about the jump that requires like detail. And he just, he just answers with, yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) And that's it. (laughs) The cane, he needs support. That's why he has the cane. I need support. she then, you know, her 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 producer is basically slitting her wrists over behind the camera at the fact that this is the interview that they're getting. Uh, they all pack up and they leave, and so now that he's he he can't believe he saw her again and believes she's the sign that his life is gonna get better or something. Um, he is getting ready for the jump, telling Donalog, "Okay, we're 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 gonna do this and it's gonna be great." Oh, wait a minute, they're opening the retractable roof of the stadium. And they're flying in six military <laughs> helicopters. And he's going to jump these helicopters. He pulled the trucks just like Donald Logue asked. Apparently, no one is able to hear six fucking helicopters flying just over the stadium. Oh, shit. Next to each other without hitting each other. Right next to each other without hitting each other or causing any kind of terrible draft issues. No. Yeah. And I don't know um, if six uh, choppers it would fit between fucking goalposts on a football field. I don't know about that. Definitely not like fucking Hueys. No, not those black. They're Black no. Hawk, Black yes. Hawk helicopters. And so they they land them perfectly, no problem. No one's hurt. <laughs> they still have the fucking uh, rotors going. And he, uh, Dota Logue asks him, "Why the helicopters?" And he goes. Something my dad always thought would be cool. Yeah, they cut back to like his dad. And saying yes, we, he we cut to back to it. a conversation he and his dad have, where his dad's just like, "Want to jump over a helicopter?" And then it immediately cuts back to the present. And I'm like, "Oh, I'm glad we're doing the Arrested Development style of storytelling." <laughs> like, no shit, it's like a Family Guy cutaway. Uh, what are you doing? And so, uh, as as Donald Logue's trying to give him a pep talk about doing this, he just fucking takes off and does the jump, and he makes it. 360 feet, apparently. Still, still takes him like five minutes to get over them because now we're in slow-mo again and we get the close-up on the eyes. And this is like the third fucking stunt jump we've had in the first 45 minutes of this movie. Let's go, let's go, I'm bored, let's go. Easy there, Nick Cage. He lands the jump, rides all the way up the ramp where it brings him up to like the concourse of this stadium, and he fucking takes off. And he yeah. and he now is booking it down the highway to try and chase after Eva Mendez, uh, specifically because just before he jumped, he makes a comment to Donald Logue of, they're probably on the freeway by now, right? <laughs> Tracks her down, riding alongside her. Now, here's one of my favorite things. Uh, because they need him to have a conversation with her, he's not wearing a helmet during yeah, this entire this, this, thing, uh, exchange. This is so great. When it comes to a point where there's actually stunt motorcycle work do- going on, yeah. they terribly CGI his face <laughs> onto the stunt performer. No. Yeah. Oh, yes. I missed oh, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit. Wow. I noticed it was CGI too, but. Wow. So he, <laughs> he, he catches up and he's like riding the bike where he's sitting on the handlebars and doing a wheelie and being like, you know, we should meet up. She's She's trying to ignore him. Uh, but for some reason, like, we know almost nothing about Eva Mendez's character in this movie, yep. but she is, like, 
a bumbling fucking mess of a person, <laughs> it seems. Uh, to which point, it never plays to, like, a good reason. Um, the most I could assume is, is that apparently him abandoning her when they were teenagers, like, ruined her, ruined her life. What the fuck? Yeah, it fucked her up. Yeah. I, um, I didn't know you could have a conversation while you're on a motorcycle uh, uh, running with a car and, and be able to talk over that. You can. Yeah. That's amazing. It's if amazing. you're in a Mark Steven Johnson movie. Yeah, it's amazing. So <laughs> they, they have this conversation where he um, essentially makes them stop the car by getting in front of them and just sitting there. Uh, almost gets hit. He then uh, forces himself onto Eva Mendez. <laughs> um, and then after just like kissing her out of nowhere, um, sexual assaulter Nick Cage <laughs> asks, will you go on a date with me? <laughs> and she says, no. And then says, all right, fine. We'll go to dinner at some restaurant, eight o'clock tonight. Don't be late. And he starts jumping up and down and hooting and hollering like a moron. And then it, this whole time, by the way, so Nicholas Cage drives the bike in front of the car till it would stop, yeah. right? So she can get out and talk to Eva Mendez. And then, which causes everybody behind this car to stop, but nobody like leaves. They all just stay stopped. It is it is a multi lane <laughs> highway. Yeah, and everybody in the right lane is just sitting there. Yeah, until it just apparently makes no sense. they all come to realize, oh my god, it's Johnny Blaze up there. Oh, they start walking. So up. now a crowd of like forty people come running up to him, like, "Oh, Johnny Blaze, give us your autograph." Whereas I, I don't know if maybe it's a Texas thing, but in the New York, New Jersey tri-state area. <laughs> I don't give a shit who it is that just stops yes, traffic. Someone would throw I'm their going to slam my horn, call you a douchebag, and go around the you. Street. This is a sign, yeah. Roxanne. Like if some, like if a car dead stops on the highway, people just go around them. Yeah, yeah. You don't just sit yeah. there and watch. By the way, even though they were able to stop just in time to not hit him, their van would have gotten fucking rear-ended immediately. Yeah. So we now cut to that night where Eva Mendez is sitting at the uh, restaurant they're going to have their date in, orders a glass of wine, checks her watch. Apparently, he's late. And he's late because Nick Cage is at his loft apartment still, in the bathroom, talking to himself in the mirror. <laughs> he is dressed in the outfit I assume he was going to go on his date in, which is black leather pants, a black t-shirt, and his black leather coat. Stylish. Yeah. Very Nick Cage. He is essentially trying to psych himself up about going on this date because this was the woman of his dreams. This is a sign. Life is going to get better. And then his motorcycle drives out of his apartment by itself. (laughs) And he goes, huh? And follows it outside or at least follows the oil trail it leaves outside where he's confronted by Peter Fonda. Oh yes. Peter Fonda. And Peter Fonda lets him know that devil boy and the Planeteers are on, on earth and they are doing bad stuff, I guess. And there's more pointing. There's more Nick Cage pointing. And Nick Cage points at him yeah. and he does the big full body point and tells him basically get out of here, Peter Fonda. <laughs> and Peter Fonda says, no, You're going to go beat up these guys for me. And suddenly, Nick Cage finds his motorcycle shows up, 
and picks him up and drives him away so fast that the ground is catching fire behind him and everything around him is melting and exploding. Uh, he's blowing shit up. Yeah, just everything. He Destroying cars just are flipping. Up. Melting are, yes. fucking uh, lampposts. Exploding the windows of every storefront he goes by. He fucking kills a motorcycle cop. <laughs> he blows by him. Yes, yeah, so and the billboard explodes the for billboard some reason. The billboard explodes. Yeah. He flies like 40 feet off yeah. of his own he bike. He didn't die. He got it. He's fine. He is fine. Sure. He's fine. Sure. <laughs> the billboard bad. caught fire because of force, Iran. Yes, I don't that know. That dude is dead. That, okay, maybe he is dead. <laughs> and the motorcycle takes him off to a train yard where Blackheart and the boys, which honestly, I want that as a t-shirt yes. because that is my new favorite boy band. <laughs> boys with a Z. They're just hanging out over there. They're, they're hanging out, just like wandering around. Until a lowly old fat white guy with a lantern comes wandering out of 1885 <laughs> and asks him, well, oh, can I help you boys with something? He's like, didn't this used to be a graveyard? He's like, well, it was, but then it became a train yard. It's like, <laughs> what did they do with the bodies? He's, I, I don't know. Well, then you're useless to me. And he does the whole burning him from the inside thing, because this is the only trick he has. He's apparently an all-powerful demon. Only fucking thing he has. <laughs> well, he's got that weird flickery face. Oh, yeah. He's got his um, anglerfish face that he does. Oh, the really cheap, superimposing a skull over. So bad. Yeah, or the, it's or horrible. the really fucking bad modulation effect they put on his voice. It's the, the lamest fucking special effects on him. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Lazy. So they they kill the fat old train yard conductor. Um, he had a comment. <laughs> and Nick Cage gets brought into one of the warehouses in the train yard, thrown off of his motorcycle, and we now get the batshit Nicolas Cage transition yes. from Johnny Blaze into the Ghost Rider. Yes! If you're looking for a movie with Nick Cage screaming and writhing a lot. This is that movie. It's not just screaming and writhing. He is maniacally oh, yeah. laughing yeah. the whole time this is happening. This is the idea. The most I could assume is that he figured turning into the Ghost Rider drives Johnny Blaze insane. Yes. I just think and he's, all he's I doing was, Ash from Evil Dead the yeah, whole time. But the whole time, all I could think was Johnny Blaze was already insane. That's a yeah. good point. Like, he took a character who was at 10. And brought him to eleven. Yeah, maybe even twelve. But I, you know, that you gotta love that about the Nick Cage. He will, he will go all out. He will put it so all then, out there. The Ghost Rider goes wandering out into the train yard to find the boys. And as he is doing his full body point at Blackheart, more pointing, he gets hit by a fucking truck, <laughs> being driven by Earthman. He's the only one who has a license. He's the only one. That, or, well, he gets stuck in place because Waterboy turns into a puddle, I guess. Right, and like grabs his and foot. And grabs his foot, and then he gets hit by the truck. Yeah. Earthboy knew how to drive stick. At which so. point, <laughs> he, uh, he gets out. They all gather around Blackheart. Ghost Rider shoves the truck out of the way, comes wandering over, pulls a chain that he grabbed from somewhere, whips it around, Wraps it around Earth Boy, who, by the way, if you watch the scene where he's whipping it in the air yeah. in order to wrap it around him, yeah. 
if you look at the dude playing the demon guy, yeah. he's standing there with his arms pinned to his side like he's already tied up. Yeah, like he's waiting for it. So he's just sitting there writhing like he's tied up, yeah. waiting for that moment to yeah, happen. Yeah, it's bad CGI flame. Although I love the, the chain on fire. The chain you gotta lights on fire. Yeah. And that kills Earth guy. All right, one down. Gone. One fire down. chains beat dirt, I guess. Also, Bring me the big knife. I'm going to cut my throat. Yes, Nick Cage. You did well. <laughs> and that's one down. The rest of the crew fucks off. So there's three left. Or, wait, we're now, it, yeah, we're now down to three of the boys. Nick Cage, or, uh, sorry, Ghost Rider, walks over, touches his motorcycle, turns it into a big, scary, evil motorcycle which also incorporates chains as part of its aesthetic, despite the fact that he just found that chain. Like, that wasn't his chain. Uh, he it was destiny. That. It was meant to be. Hey, you forgot how he calls his motorcycle over. One oh, of he, my he favorite whistles things. at it. Yes. One of he my whistles favorite. at it as a skull. A skull who has no lips is not only talking, but can whistle magic, I guess. I don't know. Devil well, magic. You know, like, yeah, it- you can do anything Double you want magic. when you have a flaming skull. Yeah, for I, yeah. You know, I got to say the bike looks fucking cool, though, when it Ghost Rider's out. It's completely Meanwhile. CGI, but it looked cool. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. It's it's The design of it is is, is pretty... It's cool looking. It just looks... It's 2007 cool looking. Yeah, it just yeah. looks really fake. Um. Meanwhile, the whole time this is happening, Eva Mendez is still at the restaurant waiting for him to show up. And drinking. Getting she drunker. is now, like, yes. more than a bottle full of wine deep. Yeah drinking a full glass of wine with two hands begging the waiter to tell her she's pretty <laughs> and he doesn't and he shrugs <laughs> and walks away he's like yeah right whatever and i thought this is the moment that proved to me this movie hates her character oh absolutely she is not here no. For any reason, no. Other than to constantly get shit on for two hours, and wear tight clothes. That's pretty much it. Yeah. So he then rides off on his his super cool bike now, where he comes across a mugger, uh, holding up Rebel Wilson yes! at knife point. Rebel Wilson cameo, I love it. She sees that she is being saved by a dude who is a fucking flaming skeleton in a jacket. <laughs> Doesn't freak out. Just goes. Thank you. And runs away. <laughs> yeah. Like everything's normal. The guy, the mugger, sees he's a flaming skeleton in a jacket, and his first thought is, I'm a fucking stab it. <laughs> Let me pull out my knife. This will work. <laughs> Let me stab At it in the point, shoulder. That should work. He's yeah, a skeleton. I'm going to stab it in the shoulder. Yeah. Doesn't do anything. At which point, he grabs him, looks him in the face, Tells him that his soul is stained with the blood of the innocent. Oh, hold on. You better believe I have that. Your soul is stained by the blood of the innocent. Is that Nick Cage doing the voice? I, I think don't. it is. You think it is? Oh, all right. So when they when they filmed all of the Ghost Rider stuff. Yeah. Nick Cage did all of the mocap. Oh, for OK. All right. To the point where I, I would have to see if I could find it again. There was a video floating around that was behind the scenes footage of him doing it. It's him in a suit where he is bug-eyed and just grinning with his teeth out because to him, that means I'm a skull now. I'm a skeleton. I got to do this. Wow. He's like, this is how skulls talk. They don't have lips. (laughs) I got to talk like this. Like, I thought he looked cool, but his head, like, his head is too small for the body. His shoulders are fucking huge. (laughs) Yes, it looks weird. It was not in proportion. 
so then he gives him the quote unquote penitence stare, which penitence is a stare, penitence yes. stare. Thank you. Penitence, totally different thing. <laughs> um, the penance stare, which is legitimately a thing from the the comics of of Ghost Rider, is, the power yes. he has, yeah, where he burns your soul for having you basically relive all of your sins at once. You feel all the pain of the people you've like killed or caused. I remember to. when they did this in 1994 in a movie called The Crow. Yeah, yes, I liked it the first time um, I saw this. <laughs> so he does this to this mugger. The mugger falls to the ground, his eyes looking like they have been burned from the inside. And then he blinks because this motherfucker is still alive. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be doing well after that. He looks all right. He'll get he'll shake it off. Last we ever hear of this guy. (laughs) So then he goes home. Oh, no, he doesn't go home. I'm sorry. What he does is he drives off into the night until it's just about dawn where he rides up into the uh, the graveyard that his father's buried in. And he goes crawling over to his father's grave, and while he does so, the sun rises, and he goes turning from Ghost Rider back into Nick Cage. Back into crazy Nick Cage. Was this a thing in the comics, in the light, in the dark? I don't remember this. Don't know. Hmm. I think that they tried something like that, but I don't think it lasts. I think that Ghost Rider could be Ghost Rider no matter what time it is. Yeah, they're just putting straight up vampire fucking laws on Ghost Rider. they did that with the Hulk, too. They tried to make the Hulk like a nocturnal thing. I think, ultimately, what it boils down to is, is... The one good choice that Mark Stephen Johnson made. <laughs> yes, let's not show was, him in the daylight. Was realizing that yes. Ghost Rider already looks ridiculous. Yes. Let's not have, have him walking around in the daylight. I, I like your hypothesis. It's probably true. Um, While he's there, uh, essentially crying and writhing on the ground at his father's grave, he is then met by wise old Sam Elliott, who... Uh, does he knock him out? No, he, he like passes out. Doesn't he like wake up? Okay. And Sam, Elliott's I don't remember. If, I, I was going to say, I don't remember if he passed out or if like Sam Elliott knocked him out, but he calls, he, he basically just like, yep, that's going to happen. It's going to keep happening. You're the rider. What a great voice. You do that. That's not bad. You get very close. I love Sam Elliott's voice. How can you not? No, it's, it's, it's brilliant. Um, he's, he's great. I could have him narrate fucking anything and yeah. I would love it. Um, at which point he then tells uh, Johnny Blaze the whole, you know, history of the Ghost Rider that he told us at the beginning of the movie. Tells him, you know, obviously you are the Ghost Rider. You've sold your soul to the devil for some reason or another. He came to you with a deal and it, it went sour. Uh, hey, by the way, come back into the building that I had you sleeping in uh, and let me sew up a wound you have that you shouldn't have. Because you were a fucking skeleton. Yeah, when you got stabbed, why? And then it gets, it's more inconsistent later, as we'll see. But uh, this is that great line where he's like, uh, my head feels like it's on fire, but I'm all right. Yeah, it's you know, how you feel. <laughs> well, my skull feels like it's on fire, so, but other than that, I'm okay. So bad. Um, <laughs> So bad. So they, This movie is written terrible. <laughs> the, oh, it's, it's the it's worst. worst. Get every single kind of way you can write a movie I don't know bad. if it's like, worse than Catwoman dialogue, but they're both like the worst dialogue. It's, it's not that like... It's, oh, it's, 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 it fights for it. Yeah. Catwoman is terrible in a whole other kind of way. This is kind of like... As I said before, like they started writing something, then they went to take a piss, and then they forgot what they were writing, 
and they just kind of kept writing and never like stop and think. Did this match what I just wrote? Here's everyone so in the audience. It's just all over the place. Here's everyone in the audience watching this movie right now. I need you to get me out of this. What everybody's thinking. So yes. he, <laughs> while he's learning about what the Ghost Rider is, Eva Mendez is trying to be a reporter uh, about, or try, trying to be like an investigative journalist for like two minutes <laughs> when she shows up at the train station where the police found the dead train conductor guy. Uh, one of them finds the skeletal handprint that uh, Ghost Rider left on one of the trains because his hand burns through metal. Sure. Um, which immediately tells me how does he ever touch anything without just melting through it. And sometimes he's wearing gloves on top of those fiery skeleton hands. How does that work? And um, she gets shut down by the cops who basically tell her, like, you suck and no one wants you here. Get out of here. (laughs) She's like, fuck, he's right, and leaves. So then we also find that they are investigating the wreckage of the one street in town that he blew up while riding his bike through it. And it is to the point where there is a fucking divot in the actual yeah, cement. It's a groove in the road. Where his bike completely ripped up the road. It's amazing. Cars are blackened. Windows are destroyed. Everything is burnt and bent over. And she's interviewing Rebel Wilson. Rebel Wilson saw all of this. And she tells her whole story about getting saved by this guy who, like, had a head that was a skull and it was on fire, but like he pulled off that look. <laughs> and all I'm thinking is what is this world where this is just like a Thursday night? Yes. Yeah. Like his skull was on fire, but I think he, he looked good in it. And yeah, so, he's rocking that look. So Eva Mendez is giving the look to the camera the whole time of like, can you fucking believe this shit? He's crazy. And all I can think is, this is your job. <laughs> you are the one they send out to interview this bullshit. Make it work. You have to recognize that this is where you are. And instead of making faces at the camera, just don't even do the goddamn interview then. Come on, Roxanne. And one cop finds a license plate that is twisted and burned, but apparently is from Johnny Blaze's motorcycle. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, we then cut back to him being back in his apartment where he is wandering around in a towel because you know for a fact that if Nick Cage got himself some fucking abs, he's going to show off oh, some yeah. fucking abs. I heard that they were CG'd. Oh, what? Funny enough. There's, what? That is a rumor that went around for oh, a while. Shit. Wow. They were not. Oh. He did, in fact, get him some fucking abs. Well, he's in good shape in this movie. He's not. He's very thin. Yeah, so. no, he does. And that's the thing. He looks good. He then uses this moment while he has his shirtless scene to make faces at himself in the mirror to look like a skull. Yeah, because he's a fucking weird yeah. Nick Cage. Because <laughs> some great Nick God Cage. damn it, Nick Cage. He does the piggy oinky face because that's what skulls look like. Because that's what skull noses are. Yes, that's what skull noses are. Um. And then he decides to start reading his book about religious stuff, and in it, it tells him how to control fire? That, he's reading, like, Faust and shit? 
What is he doing? Yeah, the religiosity book. The it's thing that I love is in these in this whole movie, whenever anyone takes a look at these books, no one ever actually reads anything because all we are ever shown is just fucking pictures. Yeah, they just. <laughs> so yeah, the most pictures. I guess is that they look at the picture and they're like, "Hey, this picture matches a thing that I was looking for. <laughs> Must be what I'm talking about." Then I need to find the page with the glowing uh, skull. They didn't find that page though. No. Everything else but that. So, oh, wait, no. Before he, uh, I realized, before he's at his apartment making a whole bunch of faces, he shows up when she's doing her interview. Oh, right. And he's essentially trying to ask her to, like, forgive him for not showing up at the date. She's telling him, no, fuck you. There's no way. I can't believe you. You did this. Maybe it was a blessing in disguise that you left and I never had to deal with you. And my thought was this. You see the road around you, right? Yeah. You've had stories about a dude burned alive from the inside out that was found at a train yard. She cannot put this two entire two together. street yeah. exploded. Yeah, this is not connecting to you. Roxanne. You're going to tell me that the fact that he didn't show up to a date. Maybe it's because I don't know. The city was on fire. But no, no, it's his fault. How dare he? She's not very good at her job. So she she basically tells him hit the bricks, bum Johnny. Well, she had a cell phone, right? Uh, yes. She could have called so him. He could have. They. She could have called him. His, they could have called each other. His phone probably they burned up, though. How do you use the phone? I don't think they exchanged numbers. No. No. Uh, which, by the way, bad move. <laughs> yeah, if you're gonna make a date with somebody, so he he wanders off, and then that's when we get to the scene with him standing near naked in front of the mirror, making faces at himself. Reading a book about religiosity and learning how to shoot fire from his hands. Trying to talk to the fire element. Ins- I'm trying to reach the fire element inside me. And as he's doing this, she shows up at his apartment. Because apparently, despite saying, I'm glad we, we broke up and I never saw you again yeah. and you're a garbage human being. Yeah. We still need them to be a couple for this movie, I guess. <laughs> So she shows up to apologize. <laughs> oh, my God. This is so bad. Why are you here? And basically just like, look, I'm sorry. And all I could think to myself is I, I guarantee you after she was like, I don't need you. How dare you? The first thing she thought of was I was really drunk and demanding a man tell me I'm pretty. And he still said, no, this guy is probably the only guy that will sleep with me. I need to go say I'm sorry. <laughs> because this movie hates Eva Mendes. <laughs> Probably. It really does. And so she comes up and she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to talk to you like that. You know, what what happened? Why didn't you show up? He's like, well, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. And she's like, maybe I would if you told me. And so he tells her that he's Ghost Rider. And she says, all right, well, fuck you. (laughs) That was the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. I can't believe I came here. Goodbye forever. And leaves. I work for the devil. And rider. he is immediately arrested by every cop in that town. Yeah, how did that happen so quickly? They found his license plate. Oh, found the license, license plate. plate from they the tracked him back to where he lives. Yes. Yeah. But on top of that, you're telling me that you needed like 19 cop cars filled with at least three cops to show up to arrest <laughs> this dude? Take one guy. Yeah. Well, they don't know what they were getting into because they found that thing and they found all that shit fucked up. A lot of damage. They, they My other know. feeling is this. How do you know that this license plate somehow means he's responsible for what happened? They don't. This looks like a goddamn <laughs> earthquake hit. Yes. Yeah. And they're arresting him for it. 
Who wrote this movie? <laughs> so he gets brought into the police station where he essentially is telling them, you guys have no idea what's going on. You shouldn't keep be keeping me here. And they're like, well, we're going to put you in lockup. And that's it. They bring him down. They put him in the fucking holding cell. And this is where we get one of my favorite movie tropes of all time, which is every person being held in the holding cell at a police station is a violent sociopath. And they're all in the same cell together. And they're all completely fine from the cage get down. <laughs> yeah, they're all just no hanging problem. out. Yes. No problem. Just chilling. And then Nick Cage gets thrown in and he's sitting there going, no, no, don't put me in there with them. Don't put me in there with them. And everyone's like, oh, maybe you're having a mental break or maybe fuck you and get in that cell. Someone's going to steal the Declaration of Independence. It's not going to help, Nick. <laughs> it's not going to help right now. So he's in there and suddenly they all crowd around him. And one guy says something along the lines of like, hey, man, I bought a ticket to go see you do a jump to watch you die. And you didn't die. Fuck so you. I want my money back, <laughs> bitch. And then they all start kicking the shit out of him. And then he freaks out, has another one of his crazy laughing fits. Yeah. And turns into Ghost Rider again. And he knocks a bunch of people all around this cell. He steals a dude's coat. He makes it magically grow spikes out of it. <laughs> That's awesome. As well as yeah. the gloves he got from somewhere. <laughs> the yeah. stu- spikes come out of the gloves. Um, because he, that's how he looks like in the comics. Yeah, so. exactly. Well, don't don't uh, worry about explaining it. It's magic. He he tells the the one kid who's like under the age of forty in yeah. this cell yeah. that he's innocent. Innocent. If you couldn't tell by the fact that this kid <laughs> says nothing, looks terrified to be there, and hides in the corner while everybody beats the shit out of Johnny Blaze, <laughs> and then he just bounces. <laughs> Yeah, then he just and so melts. then he turns around. Yeah, he melts the bars off of the cell, just walks the fuck out. It's kind of badass. Like, why did he even acknowledge this kid? That's what I was asking myself when it, I saw it. Like, it's it. That okay, is, it's, it's <laughs> one of those things where it's like you you. I guess they're trying to establish that he only Ghost kills, Rider yeah. doesn't just hurt anybody. Yeah, he helps Santa Claus too. Oh. Like he goes who's good and who's bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here's one of my favorite bits. I didn't talk about with Sam Elliott and leads up to the the, the upcoming scene. Sam Elliott makes a comment that Blackheart and the boys are not able to walk on consecrated ground. On hallowed ground, yes. On hallowed ground, Very that's important. It. Uh, be- and that's why he stays on in the cemetery, the, in, the cemetery yeah. in that building, because it's hallowed ground. They can't come after him. Makes sense. He's like the devil. Great. As Ghost Rider is escaping the police station, Blackheart and the two other boys... Enter a church <laughs> with no problem. What the fuck? I need you to get me out of this. What's going on? You just said set up for some rules and follow your goddamn rules movie. And, and demand to know, I guess, where the MacGuffin is yes. from a priest. We then cut back. Ghost Rider has now left the police department. He has whistled for his motorcycle to show up. It's sitting there waiting for him. A cop comes running out after him, tells him, Hey, you stop! And as he runs up, he smacks him in the face with a nightstick, knocking his jaw loose. Night Rider, or Night Rider, Night Rider, David Hasselhoff. I wish wish it was Night Rider. Michael Ghost Rider puts his jaw back, does his full body point like he's going to do something to the cop, then gives him the Makembe Dikembe Matumbo. (laughs) Not today, wave of the finger. Uh uh. 
How many points are we in so oh, far? There's at least four into? or five points have happened. We're at five. Yeah, so he's constantly pointing. My question is this. He basically makes it seem like he will go after anyone who has done harm to people that didn't deserve it. Okay. This is a police officer whose first gut reaction yeah. to somebody walking out of the police station is to just bash them, down. Bash them in the face <laughs> with, with a baton. Well, he's on fire with a skull face. <laughs> it is, and look, that God. doesn't stop him. <laughs> like, this, is a, this is a dude who literally sees a skeleton on fire in a leather jacket walking down the street and thinks, you know what I should do? I should fucking hit it. <laughs> um, yeah, but he's trying to stop him. I'm going to try and defend this one point because I, should, I thought he was brave. He had some balls. Despite, yeah, despite yeah. the glowing head. But yeah, okay, I'll give it to you. He probably, he probably was a little trigger hat. He's like, the taser's probably not going to work. It's he- also, I, I give it to this, it's only the one dude. Like, everybody else was like, fuck this, man. Yeah, you can leave. Else, the one guy. Yeah. I, I'll give it to you. That it's it's the one guy's out. feeling was probably like, no, the law is the law. And it's like, I respect it. Stop this guy. <laughs> Sit the fuck down. <laughs> I do love, though, when he throws his chain around himself and it wraps around perfectly. Uh, it's contrived, but it's fucking awesome. Yeah, it looks like the comic. Yeah. And then he rides off. And we now have a merry chase through whatever fucking Texas city this is supposed to be. Melbourne, Australia. Um, <laughs> where he is riding up the sides of bridges. He is, um, he's jet skiing across rivers. Yeah. Yeah. He, he goes up the bridge, goes into the river, and then just rises up and still on fire. And uh, jet skis off all the way up the side kind of, of a cool. fucking skyscraper where he is completely burning away the glass He's of the window as he does the so. Building. Yeah, that is the best shot in the whole fucking movie. I wish there was like two hours of just him doing. Was that. he chasing the bad guy up the building? Is that the reason no. he went up there? He's no. just fucking around. The bad guy fucking finds him up there. Oh, so he he rides all the way up the goddamn building. He lands on the roof and he sits there. And fucking wind dude shows up. Yeah, he was making a spectacle of uh, a testicle of himself. <laughs> exactly. And um and so uh, I think uh, Wes uh, Bentley sent him to go get him. Meanwhile, uh, while this is happening, Eva Mendez is packing her bag in her hotel room. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Because she was in there for the story. I guess she was um, traveling. And she looks across the way and sees Ghost Rider riding up the side of the building. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, damn it, it's real. <laughs> he was right, son of a bitch. Like, nobody. Uh, there is not one fucking person who has a proper response no, to anything that to the happens. existence of this person. <laughs> yes. Because what this means, it doesn't just mean there's a man who is a skeleton on fire. It means the devil is fucking real. Yeah. So... The existence of Ghost Rider should immediately mean, like, attendance at church fucking skyrockets. <laughs> Your soul is stained by the blood of the innocents. Yeah, there should be a lot of a crazy-ass reaction when they see that shit. So he gets to the top of this building where he's attacked by Wind Dude, and he ch- goes to hit him with his chain, and it goes right through him because he's Wind. He tries to hit him with his chain again, and it goes right through him because he's wind. And he makes a comment about, you're a slow learner, aren't you? <laughs> it's a very smart writer. He then whips his chain around to create a wind tunnel that sucks in wind dude, lights him on fire, and now we're down to two. Okay, that was kind of smart. I like that move. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something that Bugs Bunny would do. Yeah. We then get, oh, 
the money shot of this whole movie as he ramps his bike off of the building, uses the chain to then whip himself back over onto the side of the building and ride all the way down it. It's awesome. It's like Spider-Man and Ghost Rider put together. And then he does that like that landing where he fucks up everything as he lands. He lands. Yeah, yeah, he lands where every cop in the city has now converged on this building and Eva Mendez. Yeah. He lands the bike where it blows up a whole fucking like block of the sidewalk. And he gets off the bike and walks over and is standing there. And Eva Mendez sees him and he sees her and his skull flame turns blue with love or something. And he reaches out to her and she goes to walk up to him. And then suddenly the cops all fire at once. And we get, I got to see if I can find a gif of this. We get a shot of Ghost Rider being shot by every cop in the city. Yeah, writhing. And he is doing that cliched, like, just juddering in place. Yeah, flapping like his arms. Like he's being shot with bullets. Yeah. As you have, like, dots and bullets and everything show up. Uh, first of all, there's two things about this scene. Eva Mendez is standing directly in front of all the police. Meaning yes. when they started firing, she would have been fucking dead in a second. Oh, she would have gotten lit up. She is totally in the way, but nothing happens to her, of course. And she, yeah, she's conveniently suddenly off to the side yeah, when this happens. We were in front of all the cops just a second ago. And look, the, the guy stabbed him earlier and uh, had to be sewn up. As and a, I was going to say, he had a wound. Yes. When he turns human, on. how is he surviving this shit now? Oh, and we then, forgot about that. We, we forgot we wrote that. Yes. Oh, hey, <laughs> somebody checked the tape. What was it? Well, uh, fuck, it doesn't matter. Did anybody read this after, after they wrote it and they just handed I it in? No, man. So. This, I guarantee you this had to be like a two-day cocaine bender script. Absolutely. Nobody read it. They're just like, we're shooting this. Shoot it now. Start at the end. Doesn't Would matter. Make, Steven Johnson. But the, thing that, the thing that it makes me think of is this. A year later, Iron Man came out. Yeah. Iron Man was being made at this point. And they started that movie without a fucking script. That's true. They like wrote that movie as they were as they were making it, but it worked out for them. So he's now very mad at the police because they shot him. <laughs> so he suddenly shoots up a firewall at them. It hurts nobody. <laughs> and then he runs off. Oh my god. They just needed him to leave. And that's how they decided to write him yeah. out. It's, it's that he, he, he creates this big wall of fire as he screams at them. They all go, whoa, and like <laughs> jump out of the way and jump behind their cars. And some of them like jump in slow motion. And then he gets on his bike and rides off. The rider is out. And now he's back at the fucking graveyard with Sam Elliott. All right. And now we get into act three of Ghost Rider. Ooh. Uh, we have him stop off where he talks to Sam Elliott some more. Essentially, uh, I don't even remember what this exposition was. Uh, it was just more of. Uh, oh, it's about that dude Carter Slade. Is that when he tells him about? Yeah, he the, talks about Carter Slade and how he was this dude who didn't want to fucking the original. Oh, the original. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. It was him asking him about the the original contract of San ben, for San Bando or whatever or something. Yeah. San Bergazi. San Bergazi. San Bergazi, yes. Um, and then, he, so, while he's talking to him, uh, Eva Mendez shows up at the loft again trying to find uh, Nick Cage and instead finds Donald Logue. Uh -oh. And they have this wonderful little, ah, ah, what are you doing here? What are you doing here moment? Um, and he 
kind of says, oh, well, you know, Johnny's been acting weird. He's reading weird books and he's been acting weird <laughs> um, with these weird books. Maybe you should read his weird books. And so while she's looking at the books, Blackheart shows up and murders Donald Logue oh. with his whole burning him from the inside thing. Oh, because shit. if you have one trick, just do that. Over and over again. No one catches. I was sad when Donald Logue died. No one will get bored of it. I love Donald Logue. Yeah, he's just, great. He's just great. Great. Uncle. He had nothing else to offer the movie. No, does. no, no, really no, no. He, he, uh, he. You can't, you can't have Ghost Rider and Ghost Rider's ginger friend. No, <laughs> you can't. In an ideal world, maybe, but no, we weren't ready for that in 2007. So then, Nick Cage comes back to the loft and finds out that uh, Eva Mendez is there. She's being held captive by Wes Bentley, who number one, how does he know who Ghost Rider actually is and where he lives? Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> but it, it, no matter, we're already way too far into it to care. Yes. He threatens him and says that he will essentially kill Eva Mendez if he doesn't get the, uh, the the contract from the old man and bring it to him at some fucking weird village 500 miles away tonight. And so there we have it. Uh, now, the weird thing was, is when he finds Eva Mendez there, she's, like, shaking and, like, very, very pale. Yeah. As if she's already dead or something. Yeah. yeah. But we never explain what the fuck that's about. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It feels like a plot point that they just said, da, screw it. Yeah. I thought it was weird that, like, they ro rode there together and he's like, all right, I, that's all the energy oh, I had, so fuck oh, off. We're getting to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he goes back and Wait, he goes also, to Sam he Elliott. Doesn't he try? At what point does he try to do the pen and stare to Blackheart? Oh, yeah, he does try to do it. But it um, doesn't work. In, in the, the apartment. Right. And he says something along the lines of like, you can't burn my soul. I've got no soul to burn. Right. And doesn't laughs have at him. He's like, ah, fuck, got me. So he goes uh, running off to Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott says, uh, what, what are you going to do? He says, well, I'm, I'm going to bring him the contract. He says, oh, you're, you're going to just do what he wants? He goes, they might have my soul, but they didn't take my spirit. Oh, God. And all I thought was, the fuck does that mean? No, it doesn't even make sense. I actually like that line. Yeah. I do, I do. The spirit of vengeance. They can't take well, it's his even spirit worse. of I can't vengeance. Even, I can't even remember it now, but there was also a line that uh, Sam Elliott gives like directly after that one. Yeah. That also sounds like it's supposed to be him trying to be poetic, but it just sounds like a bunch of bullshit. Something along the lines of, like, you know, you're just crazy enough to... Uh, so I, don't, I don't even remember. <laughs> the only reason that line works is because Nicolas Cage said it. Uh, maybe. If anybody else would have said it, he'd be like, shut the fuck up, <laughs> all right, Nick cool Cage. Fun. You're yeah. like, all right. But, um, so he he gives him the contract, which has been hiding in the shovel he carries with him everywhere. That's which right. tells me he never uses that shovel as an actual shovel. He's just carrying he it around. Because he, he hits it against a tree and the head <laughs> comes off comes immediately. Off. Yeah. And you find out that the entire thing is hollow. Which means if he ever tried to use it as a shovel, it would collapse. The neighborhood people are like, that old dude's always carrying a shovel. I never see him shoveling nothing, though. Well, he's the grave digger, man. He's the caretaker. So finally, they decide that he says, you know, I, I got to ride out to San Fernando Valley. And... uh we find out that uh, there are two ghost riders, and one of them is Sam Elliott. He was the ghost rider from the beginning of the movie who stole the contract. Eh? He's is Carter he where we're going? Slade. Oh, shit. 
And so they decide that they're going to ride out together as a couple of ghost riders. No, that's I was that was pretty cool when there was like cowboy ghost rider. And so they're riding across the plains, one on a horse, one on a bike, five hundred miles uh, <laughs> to this uh, village. Yeah. And once they get there, Sam Elliott turns them and goes, "Well, here you go. Take this shotgun. Stick to the shadows and uh, bye forever." Then he's like, "He just disappears." He's like, "Well, you're you're not going to help me." He goes. I only had a uh, power for one more ride. <laughs> I used it to get here. I used it to get here with you. <laughs> I hopped on the back of the bike. Now, if you don't mind, <laughs> it's a bit of use. I'm Later. gonna I'm gonna fuck off 500 miles back to wherever I was <laughs> as a regular ass old man. Johnny's like, I could have given you a ride, dude, so you could have saved like, that last he's bird. Like, well, all right. I think I then. saw him disappear. Yeah, no, he like, he as he's going like away, he, yeah, he, he just he, vanishes. He vanishes off into That's the, the his, non-sunset. His energy is done. But like, what purpose did that serve to waste your last time as a fucking Mark rider? Steven Johnson just needed a cool shot. No, I think shit. the problem was, the I, think, I think they loved the idea of having that shot of the two of them riding the planes. Yeah. But cool I shot. think I think him leaving was a reshoot. Oh. And I think it's because they didn't have a reason as to why either he's not there or a reason as to why, if he's a ghost writer, why doesn't he fucking help? Yeah, why hasn't he been doing anything? And then they uh, they wrote themselves out of that. So it was just, nope, man, I'm not a ghost writer anymore. I only had the power to do that one more time. Really? Because <laughs> doesn't that mean the devil still has your goddamn soul? That Yeah. When I, I remember seeing it when I saw it in the movies. I was like, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> My trail is kidding over. me? Like... First of all, they get you all like uh, intoxicated by having this crazy like shot of them. Like, yeah, it looks amazing. Like they're going to go into action together. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, this is going to be awesome. This guy's got a shotgun. Nope. Just nothing. Bring me the big knife. I'm going to cut my throat. Yep, I feel you. So now Johnny goes riding down into the canyon to go to this village and finds himself in this weird Tim Burton-esque bog. That was definitely not in the establishing shot we just saw of this place. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't there before. But the thing is, the shot right before Nicolas Cage is in the bog is just Wes Bentley saying, get him. <laughs> yeah. And then conveniently, there's a bog now there. Yeah, the and bog. now suddenly there's a bog that is like fucking 10 feet deep of water. But yeah. he's just slowly he's just chugging r- along on his bike. <laughs> yeah, there's like an X-Wing fighter down there in Yoda and, and, and shit. It's the worst, <laughs> like, set looking. I don't know what this is. It just fucking... And so he's just, he's like slowly riding across a the train's water, I guess. horse is in there from He gets fucking... pulled off his bike by, <laughs> by Wet Dude. Yeah. Wet Dude brings him underwater, and immediately he just goes Ghost Rider on him, boils the water, and now he's dead. And this 45-second scene <laughs> is done. And nothing happened. <laughs> I guess fire beats water, and uh, magic fire beats water. Magic yeah. apparently, magic fire beats water. It beats earth. It beats air. Beats and everything. I guess it also beats fire. Yeah, it also beats regular mother magic fire. Wait, does it beat the blazing sword of Voltron? Oh, oh, I don't know. That'd be a good. Matchup. All right, all right. Now you're asking questions. <laughs> um, so he then gets himself to this uh, this village. He meets up with Blackheart, who is holding Eva Mendez hostage. Uh, he says, all right, you give me the, the contract. I'll let your girl go. He's like, you let the girl go, and then I'll give you the contract. <laughs> so he goes, okay, sure. And he throws her across the village. Yeah, he literally tosses her. Slamming like her spine first into a wall, which hey, means Eva. she's fucking dead. 
And so he hands him the contract. He reads from it. He summons the ghosts of like a thousand people. Yeah. They fly around looking like fucking Emotep mixed with the ghosts from uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> and they all fly into him. And he is now possessed by the soul of a thousand dead people that I guess the devil killed or something. He now refers to himself as Legion, and we are many. We are Legion. And his eyes are horribly CGI'd to be glowing red. Yeah. Yeah. And then they aren't <laughs> for the rest of the movie. That's all they can afford. Well, it turns well, out. That's enough. Yeah. It turns out it. they're on a ticking clock because the sun's coming up. And when the sun comes up, he can't be Ghost Rider anymore. Or can Remember he? what Carter Slade said. He. So he starts running around, sticking to the shadows, Stick so he shadows, can get kid. into a fight with Wes Bentley. Until he gets thrown spine first through a fountain into the sunlight, and now he's human, and for all intents and purposes, he should be fucking dead. <laughs> but we forgot. Johnny Blaze can't die. Except, I guess, a Ghost Rider can die when they're old and s run out of Ghost Rider power? <laughs> well, they, yeah. I was yeah. out of the Rider juice. I'm done, kid. And so he's getting his ass kicked by uh, Wes Bentley plus a thousand into this weird church where uh, he ducks back into the shadows, beats him up a bit, and finally, uh, Eva shows up with the shotgun. Shoots him several times. It doesn't work. But then she throws the gun to Nick Cage, who holds it in the shadows where he turns it into a devil gun and shoots Wes Bentley and he explodes. And then he reforms. <laughs> and so we decide the best way to go about finishing him off is now he says, how does it feel to be attacked by, I guess, a thousand souls or whatever the hell the line is? And Ghost Rider goes, huh, you have souls now? Uh -oh. And he hits him with the pen and stare. Now, here's the thing that I find confusing. <laughs> these are a thousand souls of whoever these people from this village are that they wanted the contract from, because I guess the devil felt that he was owed those souls. Right. Blackheart takes those souls into him. Right. And when he uses the pen and stare, it burns Blackheart for all of his own sins. But shouldn't he be burning the souls of the people inside of him for whatever sins they committed? That's absolutely correct, because Blackheart doesn't have a soul. Yeah, so it's completely pointless. Why is this even working? They tried to bait and switch, you yeah. think, to thinking that, oh, now he's got souls, kind of. That's a huge fucking plot hole, though, for the climactic end. That's a big end. fuck up right there. That's a big, That's a big fuck up right there. For the climactic end of the movie, like, none of this makes sense. And Blackheart is down for the count. <laughs> And so everything seems to be going real great. And then Peter Fonda shows up. Oh, don't forget about Peter Fonda, Mephistopheles. And he's like, hey, buddy, <laughs> way to go. Thanks for helping me. I still own your soul. <laughs> but you should work for me. Unless you don't want to be Ghost Rider anymore. I'll take it back. And, uh, and Nick Cage goes, no, I'm going to keep being Ghost Rider. And I'm going to use these powers to Fuck you over. <laughs> and Peter Fonda goes, mm, damn it, and disappears. <laughs> if and you have the see. power to take away the Ghost Rider ability, 
You still need him to volunteer that? You gave him these powers just against his take will. It back. Yeah, just you can't you're take the goddamn it back. devil, man. The worst devil ever. I would make. So he disappears. Yeah. And we finally end the film with Nick Cage and Eva Mendez at the tree that they were at the beginning. Aww. And he's basically telling her, I'm going to have to leave now because I have to go be the spirit of vengeance, the ghost rider. And they kiss. That's your fucking movie. Your soul is stained by the blood of the innocent. And now, listener, your soul is also stained by the blood of this goddamn movie. Compared to Daredevil... Like Daredevil is like a fucking masterpiece yes, compared Dare- to this. It is that is true. Oscar oh, gold you compared are to this movie. Absolutely right. Daredevil is so much more entertaining. Again, the whole time this is what I'm thinking. Let's go, let's go. I'm bored, let's go. How can you make a well, movie about a guy with a flaming head so fucking sloggy? It makes no sense. Boring. They didn't stick to their own rules. No. They had no idea what they were writing. They forgot what they were writing <laughs> they and they just fucking started making up new shit. None of it makes any sense. This movie is barely two hours. It's way hours too long. long. It was extremely yeah. long. It's way and you too go long. Yeah. like 50 minutes before Ghost Rider yes. even shows yes. up. Yes, there is no fun ghost riding until 50 minutes in, uh, which I was watching the clock. I was like, what the fuck? And I kept zoning out. I was like, what the fuck is going on in this movie? Uh, Del Hauer, excellent job, listener. You made it to the end of the recap. We're going to find out what the fuck happened with this movie right after this quick break. Here's some fun promos of some fun podcasts, and we'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, this is Heno. And this is Stephanie. And we're from the Gotham Lights Podcast. Also, the Orville Lights Podcast, sometimes. They are two podcasts dedicated to the television show Gotham and the Orville. Now, where can they reach us, Steph? I'm so glad you asked, Heno. You can find us on Twitter at Gotham Lights. You can also find us on Facebook. Don't you know? Don't you know? Just by searching <laughs> Gotham Lights. Gotham Lights Podcast at gmail.com. fan of movies or comics or video games or just anything else nerdy well you should check out the zing Zing this This podcast Podcast. and that's spelled z-e-n-g this and you can find us every monday and we have nerdy topics from comic book reviews to in-depth analysis of iconic nerdy movies as well as video game discussions Mm mm-hmm Where's some of the best places to find us, Allie? Well, Podbean, of course. You can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Podcasts. Yeah. So check us out. Once again, that is Zing, Zing This. All righty, listener, if you've been enjoying the show, uh, you should sign up to our awesome fan club at jockinair.com slash Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you'd be supporting the show, you'd be helping us out, and you get a whole bonus RSS feed. It's a whole podcast feed that's like the main feed, only it has more stuff. Bonus content, instant reactions. All the shows come out early there, so you'll get the Jock and Nerd show early and the spinoff show. We have two shows in the feed. Anthony's spinoff show, everything comes out early. Uh, As far as bonus content, 
Exclusive movie reviews on our Patreon feed include Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, The John Wick, Starship Troopers, The Greatest Showman, and a lot more wacky movies soon to be on the Patreon feed. Uh, you guys, I can't wait till we do The Nanny. Did you hear we're doing that one, Bellhauer? Oh, no. Mr. Nanny. Mr. Nanny, Hulk Hogan. Because I was going to say, I was like, The Nanny? Wait, like Fran like the 90s Fran Drescher sitcom? No, Mr. Nanny. I watched a little bit of Mr. Nanny. Whoa. Oh, you did? Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to get yeah, into that. Like it. Do you know what I learned today? Yeah. It, like baffled me because I never honestly realized it. Yeah. Hulk Hogan's fucking six foot seven. Yeah. Yeah, I knew that. And like, dude, I never realized he was that fucking tall. They, they, he, he would say that he was taller. Like we, I think we talked about it in the last show. They would announce him at like six ten, three sixty, or something ridiculous. Like just, uh, they uh, escalated it a little bit, but he's big. He's a big dude. Yeah, remember Rocky? He's a uh, fucking huge. And- yeah, he's large as fuck. Yeah. I don't know. For some reason, it just it never like it never registered to me that he was that tall. Hemsworth is going to be playing him in the well, Netflix. When you movie. saw him standing next to Mean Gene Okerlund, yes. he was like up to his waist. <laughs> well, yeah, mean but also Gene at the same time, tiny. like Mean Gene was fucking small. I think it's because ninety percent of the time, anytime I think of Hogan, the first person I picture him with is Andre. Yeah, who's just who? Andre was taller. It was bigger. Obviously, he's over seven feet. Yeah, wasn't yeah he? he was yeah. seven. He was like seven, four. Seven yeah. four. Was well, actually I did I know that because of a recent episode of Trivia Geeks. Andre the Giant is seven four. But listener, check us out on the fan club. Sign up jockinger.com slash Patreon. Okay, let's get back to the Nick Cage Ghost Rider. Someone's going to steal the Declaration of Independence. No, that's the wrong movie, Nick. Uh, we're not talking about that movie. We are talking about 2007. Delhauer, excellent job. Thank you for doing this. I was just telling him in, in our pee break how much it helps me uh, push the burnout that it takes to fucking put a show together every week. This is a nice break. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And uh, we have, uh, Glenn Smith, I hope you appreciated how much of his sanity he put on the line. But Delhauer, what the fuck happened to this movie? How did this movie b- be? I mean, honestly, I feel like a major thing that we talked about, we, we touched on two very good points yeah. throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Number one. Yeah. Mark Steven Johnson. Yes. Number two. Now, when we talk about, you know, I feel uh, Ruggs said throughout the whole thing, he felt like, you know, when they were writing this movie, they just didn't remember what it was they wrote beforehand. Correct. I think that possibly has to do with the fact that the first time they ever talked about trying to make Ghost Rider into a movie was back in, like, 1992. Holy shit. That was when it was at its height right there. Yeah. It was it was very popular. They wanted to capitalize on that immediately, and it just never really got off the ground until, like, talks first started in the late 90s. Okay. And they they had a script written in, like, 97 or 98, by Jonathan Hensley. Okay. Who wrote the uh, Punisher movie and directed oh, the Punisher oh, movie? Yes. Tom Jane. The Tom Jane Punisher. Okay. They then wound up having the script get rewritten and touched up in like 2000 by David S. Goyer. Oh, no. That's an issue. This script, I think, went through like two or three more rewrites slash touch-ups until it got handed to Mark Steven Johnson, who then did his own punch up on it. Yeah. I mean, he's the only one credited for story screenplay and directing. So this movie himself. is a, it's like a Frankenstein's monster sure. 
of five different Ghost Rider scripts. And on top of that, it it just it reeks of lazy attempts to do a movie that looks cool. Right. And that was it. When you go and you look at the Wikipedia page for this movie, 90% of the production section, when they talk about, like, you know, when they did this and what this was and how they got to this and so on and so forth, is just talking about who and what special effects companies did what in this movie. It was definitely like a patchwork. They, like, yeah. got some of this shit there. It was very inconsistent. I don't know. I just feel like that Mark Steven Johnson, to me... And I don't know if you agree with this. It seems seems like he should be doing TV. Yes, this and not yes, movies. This thing felt very like ba- a bad TV movie. It felt like TV. Yeah. It felt like TV level. Yep. And um, he didn't. It doesn't seem cinematic enough. It doesn't seem uh, kind of uh, focused and artistic enough to be a movie. Yeah, and um, it was just mismanaged and. Kind of lame and amateurish at at, at points. So I feel like that's that's reeks of t- bad TV. Yeah. Like now there's good TV. Yeah. I don't think Mark Steven Johnson would be good enough for the good TV. No. This movie honestly feels like fifty percent of it is a really bad made for cable movie. Yeah. Yeah. And the other fifty percent is just a really lazy music video. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think the rating of making a PG-13, I don't think that helped either. Like, maybe if it you let it be rated R, but they were trying to make money, so, like, the whole thing is confusing. Like, if you compare it to the comic books, yeah. Johnny Blaze is an alcoholic. Yes. He's a blonde-haired dude. Yeah. I don't think he's some kind of... Was he a stunt driver I, in that? I thought he... Was he? I, I, I believe he was. he was He was still a stunt cyclist. Yeah. Yeah. yeah in, the, in the original, like, 1970s, he was. I think that in the... 90s when he was at his heyday he was not or Th- maybe that he was I'm a not former one. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that I remember is I remember there was a big thing about how one of his things in the comics was they they really loved that he did the ball of death stunt for the circus. Oh where he oh where you're riding the motorcycle yes. inside of the steel cage yes. uh sphere yeah. up like around up the walls and shit. Yeah. Dude, that shit is crazy. I seen that. I seen that shit up close at the at circuses and uh, uh, like the motorbike shows. And I even as a kid, I always loved Evil Knievel. Like I had. How do you not get dizzy? I know. I I just I always loved the stunt driving. I had Evil Knievel toys. So like it reminded me of that a little bit. But then uh, that quickly went away with the horrible dialogue. Uh, but I think a couple other reasons. It seems to me. Uh, this movie ended up the way it is. Well, first of all, I read that they were going to offer it to Johnny Depp and Eric Bana. Uh, the role, but Nick Cage clearly loves comic books. Well, he he specifically loves Ghost Rider. Yes, he's a huge he Ghost Rider fan. Sought out playing this role back in the early two thousands when they were first talking about getting it put together. Yeah, he then wound up leaving the project when it fell into uh uh development hell. Yeah, it was delayed multiple times to get kept. And then delayed. when once it finally was getting up and running again, he came back and was like, No, 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 I wanna be in this movie. Yeah. Well I also read something uh recently he had remarks saying it, if it was R rated, it would have been a much better movie. And maybe let's bring it back. Um I don't know if I'd want to see him play a ghostwriter now. Just that that's the talking head skull thing. Kind of ruins it. Like they they showed us in Agents of Shield, Gabriel Luna 
played a great, the different version, um, Ray as Ghost Rider, and he didn't talk. And with no motorcycle, he had a car. And he had a car, and it's the different go. But he did, they didn't make him talk, so it didn't look silly. And I thought that Ghost Rider was actually really cool. Uh, but I don't know how you do it without making it look fucking like. Well, a I honestly skeleton. thought it. I always thought it would make sense to do it where even if he is the skelt, like the skull that's on fire. Yeah. Don't have him actually talk yes. where the mouth moves. Yes, just you hear just it. Just have a fucking disembodied yes. voice yelling yes. out to somebody. Yes. And definitely don't have him whistle. That uh, just ruins the whole effect. Yeah. I mean, this Ghost Rider, when he's supposed to be, like, scary, he, like, he's really funny. Like, yeah. He just goes the opposite way, uh, which is nuts. So, really, the whole reason why I was really excited to do Ghost Rider, guys, is just to talk about fucking Nick Cage's crazy life and career. Because... I think another reason this movie got made with Nick Cage is he needed fucking money because apparently he likes to spend money like a crazy man. And really? Yes. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and the, Nick I, the, Cage yeah. owns a castle. Oh, okay. Let's just get into it because this came out in 2007. Two years later, I think the IRS got to him and hit him with a $6 million uh, in back taxes bill. Nick Cage blew $150 million that he earned between 1996 and 2011. This is what he blew it on. <laughs> Dinosaur skulls, uh, $300,000. <laughs> he bought two albino king cobras. Some say he used them for sexual activities. I don't know. It's a rumor. <laughs> he owns two Bahamian islands, $7 million. <laughs> He bought the Shah of Iran's Lamborghini for $450,000. I don't know why he wanted that specific one. More exotic cars and motorcycles, luxury yachts. He owns a famous haunted house in New Orleans. He bought shrunken pygmy heads. He has a pyramid tombstone also in New Orleans. He had a copy. He bought a copy of Action Comics number one. Oh, shit. And Detective Comics 38. Of course, he's going to get that. He bought a crocodile. He bought a shark. He bought an octopus. He has a private Gulfstream jet and 15 estate homes around the world. Two European castles, rare art, and high-end jewelry. That's what he blew his money. You said dinosaur bones, yes? And we started with dinosaur skulls. Yes. So is he, has he changed his ways? Where is he now? He was, this article, I'll put it in the show notes. It's written February 2019. Nick Cage has foreclosed on several properties. His money manager has countersued him, and the lawsuits have been settled. He's still struggling to fix his finances, and he just sold the Action Comics number one for $2.16 million. I am also going to share with you now to put into the show notes. Yes a tweet that someone oh, put out oh shit that is the video now this is from this is from the second ghost rider movie okay but this is the video of nick cage doing the mocap oh no as ghost rider oh wow where they not only painted his face black and white like a skull oh yeah they put a whole head rig on him with like neon lights to look like the fire oh my god this is his head rig that's crazy so his face, oh my God, he looks fucking frightening. Uh, look at him. Why is he making the faces? 
because that's how Nick Cage acts. <laughs> he by looks being a skull, dude. He looks like a reject from Tron. I mean, meets Mad Max with this uh, crazy neon shit. I would rather. Oh my god! I need to Could see you this imagine movie. Nick Cage being a villain in Mad Max. Yes, this is the Nick Cage villain. He should be in Mad Max with this neon shit around his head. This is amazing. I actually love the way that looks. I would watch a whole, a whole movie of that. Now, here's the funny thing. Yeah. This is from the second movie, yeah. which was directed by Neville Dean and Taylor. Oh, who's that? The guys that did Crank and Crank 2. Oh, shit. So I haven't seen the second one. Is it any better at all? No. I have well, not seen the second one either. <laughs> let's check. I'm told it is not good. No, which one is but worse? But I'm told it steers entirely into the skid of being batshit ridiculous. It's a, oh, oh, so maybe it kind of saves it? I don't know. Again, no, I, I remember see it. seeing it and not thinking much of it. All right. So. I don't know if I was as perplexed as I was when I watched this movie. I was like, I just remember in that theater, like, like so many times I was like, that, they just said that that was gonna, and what, no. And then all of a sudden, like, the dude just leaves. And I was <laughs> yeah. just like, I don't know what I'm watching. Well, no, and that was, that was the thing was while watching this movie, there was the moment where, like, he outright says, he's like, they can't come on consecrated ground. Yeah. I was like, Oh, cool. Okay, so that'll probably play into later on yeah. when, like, you know, if they have to fight at a church or something, yeah. and then they show up and they just walk into a church, <laughs> and, and they, I was like, oh. They literally cut to Blackheart in a fucking church lighting a candle. I was like, whoa, what happened to the hollow ground, you motherfucker? Well, I I suspect that they, what they did was at they tried to establish that his character didn't have any of his father's weaknesses. Yeah. But the thing is, it's like when you're doing that, you have to do a better job of explaining what his weaknesses are, if he has any, or what what exactly yes. is he? Blackheart was uh, his Peter Fonda's son, right? Yes, the devil's yes. son. Yeah, with a bunch of cronies. And why is the devil affected? Because he fell. And who did the devil fuck to get the son? Where's the mom? Come on, yeah. give me a little bit more. How was he raised? Well, was that's, he that's the whole thing, though, as, as well. Is like they refer to him as being the devil. But they also refer to him as being Meph- uh, Mephistopheles. Yeah. Which, in my very rare understanding of, like, you know, Christian mythology, yes. is not Satan. He's a demon, but he's not Satan, right? He's, Mephistopheles? Like, he's like an arch devil. Uh. And so he's, he's, he's high ranking, but he's not the guy. I was also confused about that because uh, they kept calling him. So Wikipedia says Mephistopheles, an agent of Lucifer, like he works for the devil. Yeah, he's essentially a lieutenant in hell. He's a capo. He's the capo. I always, uh, yeah, I, I, some people think that they're um, different people. Yeah, like I think that, or they, they kind of like are, uh, like they break apart from the main guy, and then that oh, they okay. do things. Okay, you know? so they're still like by proxy. Yeah, they're like their proxy. Well, yeah. yeah, it's it's the idea of him still being the devil's bounty hunter. Is it's the idea of like the devil handed an order down to Mephistopheles, who then goes and gets himself a ghost rider to do this. Yeah, like he empowers them to do whatever he's bidding. So yeah, it's like uh, whatever. The point is, is that yeah, you, nothing's clearly explained. No. <laughs> it's like we have to figure it out. Like I had to do a lot of guesswork in this movie. Yeah, you got to take a lot of leaps and 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 still be confused. So really, what the fuck happened? I think it's pretty straightforward with this one. It's just a combination of bad I writer. Look what this guy has done bad since this movie? Director, not much. Ooh, Mark Stephen Johnson. Yeah, oh, we've gone over his filmography many times. So 
In 2007, he does Ghost Rider. He only made one, two, three more movies after that. In 2010, When in Rome. 2013, Killing Season. And this year, 2019, Finding Steve McQueen. Uh, in the meantime, he also wrote Simon Burt's Jack Frost, Electra, Grumpier Old Men, Grumpy Old Men. He wrote all those. But he's only directed six fucking movies. And there's a huge break between his 2019 movie and the one before. I'm going to say it now. Five too many. Five too many. You could have stopped at Simon Birch, Mark Steven Johnson. Just stop there. But look, you guys, I said in the beginning, I got a game. I was inspired by doing Trivia Geeks, which, if you don't know, listener, is a trivia podcast that I host over at BlazingCaribouStudios.com. I'll put a link in the show notes. You should subscribe. It's a lot of fun. But here's what I noticed. And, you know, with Nick Cage wildly spending money, always needing work. I was looking at his filmography on IMDb, and I noticed that he's been making three to four movies a year for a he's couple pay of that years. Good shit. He's got to pay the IRS, and dude. nobody has heard of any of these movies. I was like, "Are you serious with these Nick Cage movies?" Rugs, you've heard? Are you do you follow his career that closely? Because I I occasionally will spin a Nick Cage movie. Holy shit! And twenty seventeen, there's five movies. Twenty, but you're right. I think he'll take anything because he's no, got to pay off the IRS. It is a known fact in Hollywood that Nick Cage will not refuse a role. Yeah, he really won't. He has done, but the, you know, it's so sad because he's done really good movies. He's been really good in some great movies, and then just like complete shit and weird in a lot of these movies. My question for you is this, Imran. Yeah. Has he? Well, I mean, look, I was thinking of leaving Las Vegas, but I guess that's, he okay. kind of just plays the There's same. There's one from the 90s. Yes. The... No, ad- adaptation. Adaptation. Lord of War. I thought he was very good in Lord of War. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, he's done a lot of voices for cartoons. So, I don't know. Face Off is over the top, but it works. Like the Rock, Con Air, Nick Cage, you know, the late 90s. But here's the thing. The fact that he's done so many movies that nobody's ever heard of. We're going to play a game I just made up. It's called Never Heard of It, the Nick Cage edition. Talking nerd. Here's how it works, gang. I'm going to give you the title, the year, and the name of a character of a Nick Cage movie. And read you the description that will have certain blanks that you need to fill in. Right. All right. All right. I got. I got a Mad Libs and Nick Cage we movie are together. Mad Libbing a Nick Cage movie. Let's start off with a movie called Bangkok Dangerous. Seen it. Oh. I know this one too. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. So you guys be able to get this. Skip it. Two. Should we? Let's see if you can. Let's see if you can nail. It. Oh, but you guys have seen it. Let's see. Well, let's have fun with it. Two thousand and eight. He plays a character named Joe. Fill in the blanks here. A blank who's in Bangkok to pull off a series of jobs violates his personal code when he falls for a blank blank and bonds with his blank blank. What is this movie about, guys? What are the blanks? All right, so he is a contract killer. Oh, okay. There you go. And when he falls for a target that he has... Could you be a little more specific? Uh, the... His... It's a girl. Uh, okay, I'll take it. Falls for a local woman and yes. bonds with his blank blank. With his uh, his mother's mother snake. <laughs> no, that's incorrect. Ah. What's your guess, uh, Dalhauer? Um, I'm going to say it's that he falls for a local woman and bonds with his next victim. Also ah. incorrect. Uh, survey says he falls for a local woman and bonds with... Ah. 
with his errand boy. We were looking for errand boy, which sounds really mm. weird. Okay. That he's bonding with his errand boy. All right, moving on. May, uh, this one you might have seen also. It's called Drive Angry. I did not see this. Uh, I did not see it, but I definitely know of it. Okay, it's something you should never do unless you are Nick Cage, obviously. I need you to get me out of this. I'll get you out of this, Nick. Drive Angry from 2011. He plays a character called Milton. Here is your blankety blanks. A vengeful blank escapes from hell and chases after the men who killed his blank and kidnapped his blank. I'm going to say a vengeful stuntman. No, not a stuntman, but I'll give you another chance. Think of all the different Nick Cage roles he plays. This oh, God. Uh, Mailman? A- <laughs> Weatherman? No. Mm. Rugs, uh, yeah. A vengeful ex-con? You are not correct, but Cop? put a pin in that. No. A vengeful father. We're looking for father. Oh. He's playing a father in a couple oh, okay. in a it's, lot it's of vengeful things. father uh, comes back from hell to hunt down the men who killed his wife and kidnapped his daughter oh you're very you get one point chase a uh, chase chase after the men who killed his daughter and kidnapped his granddaughter we were looking for oh he's a grandfather <laughs> he's a fucking grandfather in drive angry uh, wait so who the hell does amber heard play the daughter or the the granddaughter Let's look this up. So you're telling me in this movie, Nick Cage is the spirit of a man who has a granddaughter that's 25 years old. How is that? (laughs) So she plays a character called Piper. That must be the granddaughter. I don't know. Maybe. Wow. That seems creepy. Okay. Let's move. Maybe she's just a woman he found. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Let's move on to one of his many, many 2016 movies, Dog Eat Dog. Anybody seen this? I recognize the name, but I I don't remember the movie at all. Dog Eat Dog 2016. He plays a character named Troy. Here's the description. Fill it in. A crew of blank hitmen or Merc are hired by a Cleveland mafioso to kidnap the blank of a rival mobster. Wife. Somebody somebody already got the first blank before. It's not hitman rugs. Rugs said Mercs. Okay. It's ex-cons. Oh, a crew of ex-cons are hired by a Cleveland mafioso to kidnap the blank of a rival mobster. Um, I'm going to say it's either wife. Okay. Or child. Baby. They kidnap the baby of a not even child fucking baby. But you see here the pattern. He's either a father or an ex-con or he's a hitman or an assassin. That's not. A bad premise to a movie. No. I would watch that movie, but the fact that it's like a Nick Cage movie no one knows about, yes. I'm immediately like, oh shit, they fucked it up. Yeah, this I, is- probably, I would still probably watch. I like the name of the movie, Doggy Dog. But yeah, I mean. I know a lot of old guys that would watch that immediately. All right, last one. Uh, and this is just from last year, Mandy. I want to watch this movie. I haven't gotten to it. 2018. Right. Uh, this this one I'm, I'm going to be a ringer for, but go uh, ahead. Okay. He plays a character called Red Miller. Uh, here's your blanks. The enchanted lives of a couple in a secluded forest are brutally shattered by a nightmarish blank blank and their blank blank henchman 
propelling a man into a spiraling, surreal rampage of vengeance. Is it a religious cult? Oh, you got one word. It is a cult. It's not a religious cult. <laughs> a cult leader or a satanic cult? What kind of cult? It's not satanic. What's I believe yes. it's a heavy metal cult. Oh, uh, you are you are so close. It's even more ridiculous than that. We are looking for hippie cult. A hippie cult. And they're blank, blank henchmen. What are their henchmen, guys? Rugs. They're uh, big-titted. Uh, that's a good <laughs> guess. It actually ties into Ghost Rider a little bit. Oh. Um, big titted. <laughs> Saying it twice doesn't make it any more correct, but I still like it. Um, mentally oh handicapped. Of, <laughs> it's also not trying to figure the the the, the term. Uh, I, I, isn't it? Isn't it just like a demon uh, henchman? I'll give you half point. Demon biker henchman. Demon biker. We henchman. For, so hippie cult and demon biker henchman. This movie sounds amazing. I totally watch Mandy. I heard it was uh, a uh, visual craziness, it's, like the last is, 20 minutes. It is a movie that has been described to me as you cannot really describe the movie. Yes. You have to experience it. It sounds bad shit crazy. And to the point where as he is seeking vengeance for the death of his wife, yeah. he literally builds a chrome axe. That is like the most ridiculous looking weapon ever. Wow. Isn't there like a buzzsaw fight too? Chainsaw fight? I believe so. Yeah, this one I could see because some of eh, this one looks like fun. It looks like he's covered in blood for lots of the movie. Looks like a good time. <laughs> good old fashioned crazy. Like how old is Nick Gage? Is he in his 50s now? He he was 40 when he made Ghost Rider. He's in yeah, his he's, like, he's like 55. He's, uh, wow, yeah. he looks... He looks older. <laughs> he looks like he's 55 at Ghost Rider. Now, without anybody looking it up, yeah. here's the question that I have to ask. Yeah. What do you think the age difference between Nick Cage and Eva Mendez is? Oh, because they should have been similar. Because the characters were supposed to be the same age. The same age. So Nick Cage is 55, and Eva Mendez, I'm going to say, is like 40. Maybe just no. turned 50? Oh, 50. Late 40s. She is 45 years old. Oh, oh she's 45. She literally turned 45 two days ago. Oh, wow. Oh, shit. So, so it's, just, it's, it's a full 10 for, years. For two characters that were supposed to be the same age, yes. they cast a woman 10 years younger yes. than him. Well, it's a pretty big, pretty big age gap. Damn. All right. Well, look, that was fun. Maybe I'll add that to... Uh, She's 45 now. Trivia, wow. Trivia. That's older than Imran. <laughs> it is. I'm younger than Eva Mendes. I feel a lot better about, about myself now. <laughs> we may add this game to Trivia Geeks in the future or some variation of it. Thanks for playing along. Uh, Delhauer, another great job. Number 11 in the books. Thank you. Thank you so much. You did it again, kid. Listener, <laughs> check the show notes for all the other 10 What the Fuck Happened episodes. They're all hilarious in their own right uh, and all fascinating. And we got to talk about Nick Cage, which you could talk about Nick Cage for hours. Let's face it. We got to talk about Umbrella Academy at some we point. We will. We will return to our regular scheduled programming next week. We'll review Umbrella Academy, Captain Marvel. Nick Cage currently working on, he has seven movies in post-production and filming. Holy currently, shit, boss. This man needs to pay the government. 
That's all that it comes down to. He's going to act his ass right into the grave. <laughs> well, he will. I'll say this about Nick yeah. Cage. So he made Ghost Rider when he was 40. Yeah. Right? So, or 40, and I think that he was... 45 at that time, maybe? Wait, no. Why? Well, he, he was like 42. 2004. He, 43. He was 43 when he made it. All right. So he was 43 when he made Ghost Rider. And uh, I think that once he hit like 50, he was like, fuck it. He's like, I don't give like, a fuck I don't anymore. care. Yeah. 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 He's doing cartoons. He has a voice in the Croods, and there's going to be a Croods. Oh, he was just in, uh, was in Spider-Verse. Uh, Sp- uh, yeah. He was great in Sp- Spider-Man Noir and in Into the Spider-Verse. So, and then he was He was in Kick-Ass. He was also he in was, Teen Titans yeah. Go as Superman. So he just got to play Spider-Man and Superman both last year in 2018. Honestly, yeah. the bit where he is laying on the couch looking at the Rubik's Cube trying to guess what colors oh, are. that's great. Yeah. Is probably yeah. one of my favorite little jokes in that movie. And then he's like, "I'm going to take this with me." <laughs> <laughs> I just watched that again. It's still so good. That's a fucking great movie. I love it. Oscar winning. Yes. Enter the spider. Oscar Indeed. winning into the spider. Well deserved. Delhauer, tell the listener where they can find you and what you got going on. Dear listener, you can find me sometimes here talking about movies that are just god awful. But other times <laughs> you can also find me over on my podcast, the ginger geek pod, which currently I am expecting to have an episode out as soon as possible because I missed February because I suck. Excited. Excited. Looking forward to it. Um, but over there you can catch me talking about wonderful. Oh, my God. My cat. Your kitty is really. Uh, She's so pissed. She, does she need to be fed? What happened? She's no, she, excited about Captain She Marvel. literally oh, okay. just ate. Like two minutes ago, she ate. Now she's just mad that I'm not looking she's at her. She's excited about Goose and Captain oh, Marvel. She's right. like, can we go see Captain Marvel? She's like, finally. <laughs> I'm going to kick her out of the fucking room, and then I'll tell people where to find me. Get out. <laughs> oh, snap. I'm leaving all this in. <laughs> Watch Matt Delhauer be mean to his cat. His cat's like, finally, this a movie of, that represents the feline uh, civilians of this country. It's about time. All right, yes. All right, she's dead. More pussy power. <laughs> what happened? Okay. Uh, nothing. All right, so uh, you can find me over at the Ginger Geek Pod, where I will take wonderful geek topics such as comic books and movies and television shows and talk about somewhat academic-ish things related to them. Uh, I am in no way an expert on anything, but I love to talk, so I do that. I, I highly recommend it. It's definitely a great subscribe listener, Ginger Geek Pod. There will be a link in the show notes. Rugs, where can the people find you and who you pissing <laughs> off lately? Uh, I think I know who you're pissing off. I've been following a little bit Everybody. of the, the Twitter um, first. Well, what happens is, okay, so you can follow me on Twitter at really Rug, yeah. Rug Boy. Yeah. And this week's, uh, me- on we- <laughs> this week's menu is... Uh, so I was just casually like looking through my. This is what happens is, uh, you can ask Matt because he 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 listens to the show. He knows me a little bit. But um, when you read a tweet, you should read it in my voice because it changes the whole like <laughs> whole tweet. Yeah, it does, yeah. and that's that's why like when I I tweeted with you, I think it was yesterday we were talking, right? right? Yeah, where Rugboy had put out a tweet where he says, like, you know, I understand the idea of of saying that uh, a woman writer would have a better idea on how to write a woman, but you know, because they've experienced that life. But wouldn't that then mean that a woman writer should not be immediately the one we're going to to write for men? And I said, okay, I get where you're coming from. I gave my two cents. We had a conversation. That was it. But I also knew. This was a hundred percent 
going to set off a bomb somewhere. <laughs> oh, shit. oh, shit. And it did. Where was that, Ruggs? Oh, well, uh, Gail Simone oh. had posted this thing about uh, how, okay, this, her joke was, yeah. this is her yeah. joke. Her joke, it, and I'm guessing, because I don't want to mansplain. I don't want to do Please that. Please don't do I'm that. Ge- I'm guessing that don't she was coming explain. at it from that men are so toxic yeah. that it like if women were to do what men do they would ask the punisher to smile more and then ask for him to be naked all the time so my response is well you're comparing the pun- the reason why people said something about carol danvers should smile more including anthony um was it wasn't coming from like any it was just because a character like Captain America, like a Captain character, is like a heroic, like nice guy character, and they're like a little bit more just, you know, they, they should have, they shouldn't be as scowling as a Batman or a Punisher. But that, they, but, that was but the point that I was making. But you're explaining to a comic book writer now, Rex. Yeah, right. But she's like, her joke was like a little bit too broad. Right, right, right. So I, so I was pointing out her joke's a little too. She broad. She's going for the joke, I and mean, like I said, I, I get the joke. Yeah. Yeah, I get the yeah. joke, but it's a little too broad because, like, not like even 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 dweebs, even like the guys that are like the man babies, I don't think would go that far and go. If you're making a Batwoman movie, they wouldn't go. Uh, why isn't Batwoman smiling? They wouldn't say that. I just don't think that they would. They would be true enough to the character to know that the whole thing is that they're too true to the characters. That's the entire thing. Mm. So that joke f- fell flat for me. So then I got the 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 mob on me. Trying to woman-splain me, or or man or men mansplaining me, because they're they have to now defend this person who obviously made a joke that doesn't actually work, in my opinion. Now, um, that's fine. So, but I'm being very polite, yeah. by the oh, way. Yeah. I'm not being an yeah. asshole. I'm not. Cr- People are fucking yelling at me, calling me a cunt, oh, yeah. calling me all kinds of things. This is, it's been amazing. So to I'm watch. being very polite, yeah. but and just stating the case of like, okay, uh, they're like this joke was too much for you. I'm like, no, I'm just saying. Like, the whole point is, and then on top of that, I said, well, listen, if you actually look at the Punisher movies, he's got his shirt off, he is smiling. Yeah. And there's even a shot of Dolph Lundgren's asshole in one of the movies. <laughs> oh, so, and he's grace, greased up. So, like, you know, tit for tat, there is there is something for the women. Can I tell you all something? Right? There have been all these articles on geek sites about this actual thread that you were talking about. And the headlines are like, watch Gail Simone shut down this troll on Twitter. And inside in my head, I'm like, oh, fuck, please let it not be Rock Boy. Please let it not be Rock Boy. <laughs> And it was not you, Rex. It was the, the tweet. Well, I was I was polite. Yes, it was people so were just dick. jumping all over me. But well, for, uh, yeah. yeah, the 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 issue that I, I I saw building with all this is because I saw the thread myself, and, and ultimately my feeling was that's pretty funny. Yeah, I just let it go. Yeah. The problem is, is that it's this is this is just quintessential Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Gail Simone yeah. wanted to go out and she wanted to poke the trolls and she did and have fun yeah. at their expense yeah. Yeah. and watch them all freak out. Yeah. A right. lot of them did. She got her. She got her jokes in. Her, you know, she had a whole bunch of other people who came in, jo- jumping on the joke yeah. to be a part of it, yeah. to be, yeah. you know, the the funny woke crowd or whatever. Right. It happens. Yeah. I I said I thought the thread was funny. I sent it off to people. I said, "There's Gail Simone. Thank you for this. You know, sometimes we don't deserve this." My feeling is, you know, the idea of like, well, maybe the Punisher should smile more. It's like I understand where you're coming from. 
I understand why a lot of people are upset about the 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 fact that that was a statement made about Captain Marvel. Yeah. In yeah. the end, it's not important. It's 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 not important. But the point is, is that I why like if it's obviously a if it's obviously okay, she's she's being uh she's overdoing it on purpose. But then the thing that bothers me is that the people who come to the defense don't even acknowledge it that that's actually correct. Oh no, and I get that. That's and that's the thing that I my feeling was. And that's what bothers me. I shared like, I shared her joke and her her thread. Right. Because I got what she was doing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care for the the mob of Twitter yeah, that then that's feels the bad like part. that's the problem with Twitter. We we now need to hold this up as being like a fight for fucking social justice. Yeah. Like sometimes things just hit me the wrong way and and I felt like I just needed to to kind of like add a button to that point and nobody liked that. So that's I was trying to be polite. You were polite and you're and I, was, you're, I was polite about it. And you're it. adding your perspective. Nothing wrong with that. The yeah, problem yeah. is with the fucking platform of Twitter. They still need to you can't. figure some that's shit not out. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. The, pro- the problem is, is that Twitter is not designed for conversation. Twitter is designed for shouting. Correct. Yeah. And that's what everyone loves to do. And boy, uh, she got some crazy responses. All right, look, gang, thanks for hanging out. That's the end of the show. Follow us on Instagram at Jock and Nerd. Make sure you give us a follow. A lot of fun things over there. And uh, tell a friend. Share the show. Help us grow. Thanks for listening this week. We will catch you next time. I'm not doing the intro because Ruggs is going to keep me hanging. We're out. Why are you putting people through this? Fuck that show.